Fans. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 643, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Uh, several ways you can listen to on Google Play, on Spotify. What's up, Apple Music? What's going on here? Let's let's figure this out. Uh, and also GoDaddy, too, because no one's taking responsibility for it. Um, so hopefully we'll be back on Apple Music, but we do have a back catalog on there. If you want to go back and listen to really outdated weekly, uh, podcasts, go for it. Um, you can follow us social media wise, facebook.com slash marking out, twitter.com slash marking out, uh, TikTok at marking out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash marking out 11. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at marking out one at gmail.com or you can, uh, look at our merchandise, prowrestlingtees.com slash out. Thank you for everybody. Uh, you know, their semi-weekly uh, sale for Memorial Day. So thank you for everybody that picked up a shirt. We appreciate that. Uh, my name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, Dave is on the other side of the world right now. So Dave is not here. So you he can is follow- here. No, he's not. He is, yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well... <laughs> We okay. As if you follow this podcast, you know that we record it five different times during the week. So <laughs> as of right now, recording this open on June second at ten fifty nine, Dave is not here because he's on the other side of the world. You can follow him at David PTDPT. Uh, and as you hear heard, the heart and soul marking out is here. Brandon, you can follow him on every form of social media possible uh, at BTTG one six one. Brandon. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused because I don't start shows with you. but So, Brandon, how's it going? It's going awesome as always. How about yourself? Hey, howdy. Hey, no, uh, sorry. Bleep that. Wonderful. Two minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just confused because I'm not used to doing the open of the show with you. It's like, Brandon, hey. Hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's great. So, uh, how's your week been? It was good. I was craving Chinese food for a while now, so I went and got some lo mein. I had to get that. I went to Cheesecake Factory with, for what seemed like for the first time in a few weeks, I guess, at that point. But I went, uh, I guess, on the way to the Cheesecake Factory, I saw some of the Jones Beach Air Show. Okay. That was, uh, what, Friday? Uh, that Saturday. was Sunday. Okay. I know it was Saturday and Sunday because my in-laws went on Saturday. Yeah. So I thought that was cool to see. And then Monday I went and grilled burgers and made some potato salad. Nice. Do you do like potato salad with like mayonnaise? You do like German style potato salad. Yeah, it's mayo. Is German potato salad? They don't have mayo. No, they don't have mayo. They use vinegar. They use a little bit of bacon grease in there. It is the bomb. Dot com. And now I just feel old saying that. So well, yeah. So cool. How about yourself? Um, I had a fantastic, fantastic Memorial Day weekend, and then just turned into. Hitting the ground running. I'm tired. I'm sore. Even though I just sit at my computer all day and just edit my life away because we have these big 
free and post game shows for Long Island Lacrosse this weekend, and I just have to build graphics and edit things and do this, and I'm up really early and I'm up at night, so it's just like I'm run down. But uh, last weekend was fantastic. Friday, me and my son saw Guardians of the Galaxy. It was my second time seeing it. He wants to see it again. Um, so we might just wait for it to come on Disney Plus, uh, which was a lot of fun. And that was the night the Little Mermaid came out. Yeah. So the theater was packed. I saw the AMC popcorn buckets. They had the Fast and the Furious popcorn bucket. Uh, they had that fifty dollar uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one as well. So. The the Little Mermaid one looked pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. My wife didn't go to an AMC theater though to see it because like when we went to go see Guardians, her and my daughter and my daughter's friends and their moms went to go see it and they said they enjoyed it. So. That was that. Saturday, got out of the house early in the morning, did some yard work, planted my garden, which I finally got around to doing, which I'm stoked about. What does it um, include? Uh, cucumbers. We got some tomatoes in there. We got some lettuce. We got some dill. We got some basil. We got some green peppers. Uh, so all the essential ingredients to make a wonderful, fresh, homemade salad. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, so that was Saturday during the day, and then Saturday evening, me and Dave and our good friend Sal went to uh, our friend Mike's house for a nice little barbecue, got to see uh, hang out with everybody, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then Sunday was the taping of FWF Live 5 at Creative Pro Wrestling Academy in Hicksville. Uh, me and Sal went. We went to my friend Andrew's house beforehand. He grilled us up some burgers. Um, I can't say I was told by Matt. Cardona specifically, not to post any spoilers or anything like that, and I will be true to my word, but go watch it. This uh, Tuesday, the 6th, on Premier Streaming Network, um, there's something for everybody when it comes to being a wrestling fan in there. It was a lot of fun. Small, intimate setting. Um, I screamed my butt off, so that was very cool. Then Sunday night, came home and just chillaxed, watched Double or Nothing. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, and then Monday, just hung out, grilled up some burgers, had some friends over, and... Uh, Really had a nice four days off. And then just sat Tuesday morning, email, 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 email. And that's that. Uh, so that being said of my week, let's get into, because like this weekend, a lot, like I was trying to like put how many like big events, because you started off like Friday, you had SmackDown, you had Rampage, you had Under Siege too, which the, from what I'm seeing in the gifts, that match between Steve Macklin and PCO was a bloodbath. I don't know if you've seen anything from it, have you? I saw you? he got his uh, mouth stapled. Yes, I saw PCO got his mouth stapled. But then, like, the end scene where Macklin's got his hands out and he has Demore put in the title. He's got, like, covered in blood. I thought it was very, like, kind of, like, great thing for Steve Macklin. Uh, very cool being, a, you know, a top, top guy right now in Impact. Billy, Way, Billy Ray powerbombing Scott Demore through a flaming table. So it uh, looks like uh, Impact Wrestling is going to the extreme. They have their 1,000th episode coming up in September in uh, White Plains. Oh, really? That's awesome. Easy drive for uh, all the New York guys. Um, but there's that. GCW had a bunch of events this weekend, which was awesome. You know, WWE had Night of Champions. They had NXT Battleground. AEW had Double or Nothing. Uh, but let's start Friday, as we always do when it's a Chris and Brandon segment. We start off with Rampage. Um, I really want to blow through this because it was just kind of stuff... You know, they said it was the go-home show, but I, as I said last week, this was this was nothing a go-home show. Yeah, yes. last week you said that di – well, on last week's episode you said Dynamite wasn't a strong go-home show to double or nothing. And, no. And you said Rampage certainly isn't one, and after watching that, I think you were definitely right. I'm always right. Like, yeah. outside of some things being placed on the card via Rampage, it, nothing was, like, go-home show-esque. No. But – Real quick, 
Acclaim picked up the victory over LaFaccio and Gabernabalize. Afterwards, they said, you know, they've been tearing it up in the trios division. They want to go. They want a, a trio shot, essentially. So, Which is funny because apparently when it came time for the actual pay-per-view, nobody, like, they were like, why are the Acclaimed randomly coming out? It's like, well, if you watch the product, brother. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, they've lost so much steam since losing those tag titles, so that sucks. But they're still over. It's you know, not. That, it's not what it once was, though. I know, but that you know, that's it's it's that's part of professional wrestling. It's your peaks and valleys of you know how popular you're going to be. They're still beloved by everybody. Um, but then, okay, so uh, quick on that, Guns and Ethan Page pick up a victory over Fres- Frescomatic <laughs> Watson and Jew Braxton, Joe. Go. I I don't know, but I, I'm terrible at names. I think it's, it, it might be Joe. Joe. Anyway, after the match, just kind of sets up that hook. As I said last week, Hook's going to be with the Hardys in that trip in that trios match. Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook. Boom, done. And that's what, by the way, when we spoke about the, the pay per view last week, we were questioning when the hell was Hook added to the match. <laughs> that's it what it was on on Rampage. There it was. Uh, you had a Karshita and Britt Baker pick up a tag team victory over Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Boom. Nothing else to say about that. Um, Jamie Hayter did get assaulted in the back after this match by the Outcasts. So, leading Which was into... rumored last week that she was injured and maybe won't even compete at Double or Nothing. Well, we were wrong about that. Um, and then your main event saw... Uh, Big Bill. Big Bill, Lee Moriarty, pick up a victory over the best friends... Quite the surprising outcome. Yeah, you think so too. You think so as well, right? You know, but and then uh, you know, a brawl afterwards, which then had Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes come out, which then had Swerve. You know, it was just like all the guys that were going to be a part of Commander this big... randomly doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody that was a part of the Blackjack Battle Royal come out, and that's it. So, rampage, boom, done. Let's get on to Double or Nothing, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, New York. Las Vegas, New York. Wow, Las Vegas, Nevada. Just how much I hate Las Vegas. I don't even know where it is. Uh, pre-show, the buy-in. You had the Hardys and Hook pick up a victory over Ethan Page and the Guns. Ethan Page contract is now sole property of Matt Hardy. So, did you watch this match? I did. I watched the whole pay per view. People were were talking about that Jeff Hardy spot I saw on Twitter where they were like, "Oh, he botched," blah blah blah. I'm like. He was selling. Yeah, I understand. He was selling that uh, that ankle injury. I don't think it looked like a botch. The no. the the whisper in the wind part of the move I thought was like uh, a bit like dangerous to do that. But I understood yeah. that he was selling his ankle the whole time. That's that's the true adamant professional that Jeff Hardy is selling the ankle. So that was that. Then you kick off the show with the Blackjack Battle Royal. As Orange Cassidy successfully defends his international championship, I liked this match because of all the stories that were going on in it. You had the Bullet Club Gold Ricky Stark story in one section. Everybody that has been on Orange Cassidy's case for having a international championship match. You had the Commander Jay White spot where Jay White pushes him off. It was fun, and I thought the ending of the match where, like, you think Orange Cassidy's going to go for this punch and knock him off and be epic, and he just kicks his, kicks his ar- kicks Swerve's uh, hand off the rope and knocks him off. I think it was in perfect Orange Cassidy fashion for him to get the W. Your thoughts, Brandon? I, I don't. I didn't see any of this. Okay. I, I, didn't, I just saw bits and pieces, clips and quick clips. Uh, 
Adam Cole picks up a victory over Chris Jericho via referee stoppage <laughs> in an unsanctioned match. That makes no sense. Why? A, a, a minute into the uh, match, by the way, the enforcer, Sabu, getting involved, putting himself through a table. Ref stoppage just doesn't make sense. It's an unsanctioned match. Anything can happen. I know, but still. like you, I, I guess maybe it was Aubrey, I think, was the ref. Uh, you know, she thought that he w- wasn't capable of continuing on with this match. So, yeah, that uh, just doesn't make sense. It was, it they was, signed it was, a, they specifically even signed contracts to anything can happen. Yeah. Anything can happen. Even a referee stoppage. Boom. Um, but the match was wild. You know, there is no blood, which I thought was odd, especially with the use of the chain. You know, there was fire extinguishers. As you said, there was tables, there was Britt Baker using a kendo stick. It was just, it was a wild, I thought it was a fun match. So, uh, Adam Cole picking up the victory here. I want to pop to later in the night as the referee. It wasn't the. It wasn't uh, Aubrey. It was the other referee. He got a fireball thrown in his base, pace backstage because Jericho was upset that he uh, ended the match. So, continuing on, FTR successfully defends their AEW World Championship match over Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett with you know their whole contingency. Solid wrestling tag team here. FTR, you thought if you think FTR was going to lose, you are highly, highly mistaken. The goddamn spot of the night. <laughs> Which was spot of the night? Karen Jarrett came out, blasted Aubrey in the face with a guitar. Almost, I mean, kind of hit her at a, at a certain angle, I guess that uh, would have been better if she used a different angle. But I thought that was fantastic. That was hilarious. So. FTR continues their road to being uh, the AEW, uh, fantastic AEW Tag Team Champions. Was there much, like, uh, dismay here between Mark Briscoe and FTR like there had been? Like, when Dax I, was, like... Uh... I forget. I'm sorry about that. Um, but um, I, I can't remember. You know, I went back and watched a bunch of these matches back, and unfortunately that wasn't one that I, uh, I watched back. Well, one match that I think probably could have been cut from this pay-per-view... Is what? Wardlow, Wardlow picking up the victory over Christian in a ladder match? Apparently Why? people didn't even know it was a ladder match. They... <laughs> <laughs> it was t- it was said on TV. I Nervous. know that. What the... I saw so many people, ladder match? What? Why is this a ladder match? I feel like this match just... It, there was no reason... They, they didn't have build behind it enough to have a to be an actual ladder match. Who cares? I thought it was great. You know, you got a great moment... You got a great moment out of Wardlow doing that swanton bomb off the top of the ladder a la Jeff Hardy, who's, you know, an idol of his. You know, he's posted pictures of him on social media doing swanton bombs on trampolines saying, you know, this isn't the first time that I've done a swanton bomb. So uh, good for Wardlow. Let's hope, uh, you know, we got to really rebuild the uh, legacy and the prestige of the TNT championship. And I hope this is uh, the first step towards it, having a successful win over Double or Nothing because last year's Double or Nothing Wardlow's match was marred in controversy over the whole MJF saga. So, big win here. We have a new AEW World Women's Championship uh, champion as Tony Storm defeats Jamie Hayter by pinfall. Um, really building the story here that Jamie Hayter was injured. The Outcast injured her. Very, very quick match. Three minutes. Worked on Jamie Hayter's shoulder. It was a Storm Zero and a 1-2-3 to pick up the victory. Here. I think this was the match that everybody on Twitter said was the, unfortunately, the worst one on the card. But that's 
all due to Jamie Hayter actually being injured. Yeah, I mean, they could have... I feel like they shouldn't have had the match, but... I like it because also, too, we've seen over the past couple weeks the outcasts getting the upper advantage for her, and now they've gotten the ultimate upper advantage of Jamie Hayter by taking her and beating her for the title. I do wonder, though, like, had Jamie Hayter not been injured, I feel like she wouldn't have lost the title here. No, I don't think so either. I thought it would have been a really great work-rate match. Uh, with Jamie Hader picking up the victory, but we'll, you know. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but here's to never having an interim champion in AEW ever again. See, that's the thing. What happens if she couldn't do it? Oh, yeah, we're never just going to give Tony Storm a title. She's going to be the interim champion. Or again. they could have just stripped her. I know, but it's, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that one. I feel like Jamie Hader has done a, a fantastic job being the AEW World Women's Champion and for her to get injured uh, and stripped of the title uh, is unfair to her. Uh, after this, the acclaimed answered the open challenge of the trio championship, but were unsuccessful against defeating the world champions, the House of Black. They chose to not use any of the House of Black rules. So, hey, listen, they, they get to choose one rule, and that's the rule that they chose. So smart, but good by them. Here, uh, Jim Cornette, I happened to hear him talk about this match. Oh, great. And yeah. he said that the acclaimed should have picked a rap battle. God, no. Dude. I mean, well. That would have been like, hello. There's nobody in the House of Black going to win a rap battle. <laughs> Brody King is a vocalist. I think. In I a think, hardcore band. But I think compared to the acclaimed, I feel like Max Caster would smoke them all. They could have won the tag team titles. Pete, just speak of smoking them all. Max Caster with a visceral rap coming out, which I thought was outstanding. <laughs> Uh, Rhea Ripley tweeted saying, hey, Dom, we're over in two companies. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was very funny. It's very funny. It shows that, uh, you know, Rhea's watching the... Uh, the uh, I mean, I don't think she's watching. She could... I mean, no, I'm not saying I don't think she's watching. She's definitely able paying, to watch, but it was all over the internet to the point where... She's paying attention. It would be difficult to, to not see it. Yes. So Hassel Black retains. Jade Cargill successfully defends her AEW TBS championship against Taya Valkyrie. Um, I thought this match was a lot better than the first. I did not like the finish at all. Because here's Taya hitting the road to Valhalla. And Jade kicks out. And then she hits a pump kick and then hits the Jaded. And it's a 1-2-3. That just makes, in my opinion, makes Taya Valkyrie look weak which I did not like at all, and especially the way that they've been building her up. Um, I mean, I don't want to say it seems like Ty is like a wasted signing at this point, but... they well, I don't I don't think she's a wasted signing at all. It's I think just, she's been in the company for eight weeks. But so, I just feel like they she should be higher than what they've been built her as. Well... Even yeah. that, that first match that they had, it just made no sense. Uh, well... I don't think it's a wasted signing at all. I uh, listened to her last week on Chris Van Fleet's podcast, and she seems very excited. She said sparkling things about AEW and their upper management. Um, so, you know, the road road's from here. Uh, road starts from here. But unfortunately, not for Ty Valkyrie getting another match against Jade Cargill, because after the match, Smart, Mark Sterling comes out, says, you know, uh, we're here anytime, anyplace. We'll put the title on the line. And to what was the biggest pop of the night, was the returning Chris Statlander answering the opening challenge and defeating Jade Cargill in 48 seconds to be your new AEW TBS championship. 
I know there has been rumblings for a very long time about Chris Statlander coming back and taking the title off of Jade. Um, this was, I think, a shock. I loved it. I popped. I marked out super huge for it. Uh, congratulations to Chris Statlander, somebody that I remember seeing in the eight, the Creator Pro uh, you know, Dojo, Wrestling Academy, at all those student shows that they used to have back in the day. To seeing Rich comes now, I'm very stoked. And I know very, everybody else is very stoked. I know there's some people that are like, you just ruined Jade Cargill. She could never get back that undefeated streak. Blah, 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 Let me blah, tell blah. you something. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't already undefeated, so. <laughs> like, she wasn't. She's, she's now 61-2. and two. Like, there's no way to say that. That's her record. There's but she's no way. undefeated in singles yeah, competition. Yeah, in singles competition. Just like yeah. how you said, you know, Nyla Rose has not wrestled in singles competition since September uh, September of last year when she has wrestled in tag team action more recently. Right. Yes. Also, I don't think – when was the last time she even won, though? Who? <laughs> Nyla. Uh, they won in tag team action. I think the last time they her and Marina Shafir uh, had a match. Hmm. Hmm. So, uh, congrats, Chris Statlander. I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm really stoked to see. Would you uh, say that was the pop of the night? Yes, that was the pop of the night. 100%. I heard this crowd was. Uh, yeah, it was kind of mid. It was kind. It was kind of mid, but um, I, that I, was... maybe it's like because they go to Vegas so much. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I don't know. Maybe it's just a lot of AEW because you know they started their residency there on. Wednesday. They, they so, by the way, Nyla Rose did not win the last match she was in. Okay, but she did win a match recently, so. That well, was she, uh, uh, April. Okay, so still April. That's uh, technically a month a month ago, even though I guess I know it's June 2nd. Um, so then you had the AEW World Championship defended in a Fatal 4-Way Pillars match as MJF is successful against Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, as much as I don't like Sammy Guevara, I have to congratulate him uh, bringing back the old school um, signs. signs and announcing that him and Tay are pregnant with their first child. So congratulations to them. Um, I thought Darby Allen's entrance was fantastic. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was so cool <laughs> doing like the Vegas thing and then him coming out in the Elvis suit. Yeah, uh, very cool. I like that. MJF's entrance was just, you know, it was just MJF-esque. Um, and then Jack Perry just you know, came out Jack Perry, but I thought the match was really good. Um, I liked the spot in the middle of the match where all of them hit their like mentors finishing moves. You had jungle boy hit the kill switch. Darby Allen hit the scorpion get drop. Sammy Guevara hit a code breaker and then MJF, uh, hitting the crossroads, uh, which I think everybody kind of popped for. And the way that MJF and won this match, I thought was outstanding. You know, it caught guard Darby Allen off guard, having to land on the AEW championship, and then MJF winning it with a side headlock takeover to retain. A so, s- like just n- like a normal side headlock takeover. Hmm. That is something, but that's how he won Darby's his match against Darby last year. You know, and and that was and remember that whole feud. It's a, it was kind of a callback to that. I'm gonna beat you with a side headlock takeover, and he did. So MJF. No one's on the level of the devil, as he likes to say. And in your main event, your second main event, because they said it was a co-main event, the Blackpool Combat Club picks up a victory over the Elite in Anarchy in the Arena, and this match was wild, to say the least. Um, I know I said that. I said it was the no, I'm, none, eh, 
unsanctioned match was wild. This was just like a new level of wild because everybody was all over the place. Uh, you had was you it know, hard new... to follow or no? For I think for you it was hard to follow. I know you. You'd be like, this was so hard to follow. They kept for all me, these camera yeah. cuts. <laughs> no, was, because I know I know you, and I know you. how you critique wrestling. So I mean, I thought it was fun. Yes, it, at points it was a little like quick cuts here and there, but it was fun. You I know? saw the the gif. I think it was Brian Danielson like kind of surfing down the. Or being yes. surfed down the, the yes steps. the pole, it was yeah it was uh it was that the pole the guardrail pole that was uh, going down the thing that was fun Claudio backstage throwing one of the Jacksons into the back of a pickup truck, um Nick uh not Nick Matt Jackson I saw had the exploding super kick yep the which is like so funny and goofy but I like the spot it reminded me it. of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers I I thought it was great because you know and it, that's kind of a callback to to that exploding barbed wire death match. I didn't like how Mox sold it. I feel like it should have dropped instantly because that's how I feel like an explosion should should affect somebody, but I've never seen somebody affected by an explosion, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, it was Wheeler Yuta pinning Kenny Omega with the, the help of Don Callis and Kanosuke Takeshka. But... What a big spot here for Wheeler Yuta. I thought you were saying for Takeshita. Well, no, for Takeshita <laughs> yeah, too. For, for Wheeler Yuta, huge spot. Huge, like he's and, he pinned the guy in AEW in the main event. And I, Brian Danielson said this in the the, post, the media scrum afterwards. He said, you know, there was all this hype about the the, the pillars of this company, MJF, Sammy Guevara. He goes, yeah, I think you have to put Wheeler Yuta in there. He's like, this guy. One of our big main pay-per-views of the year, he went and pinned the guy. He's like, if that says anything about this company, it says they have faith in Wheeler Yuta. So, I'm stoked for Wheeler Yuta. I'm stoked for Blackpool Combat Club. I still can't see him being a world champion, though. I do. You see Sammy Guevara being a world champion? No. Do you see Jungle Boy Jack Perry being a world Absolutely champion? Absolutely not. What about Darby? I no. I not I'm where st- they are. No, not where I they know. Are. Well, still, like the, again, this company's four years old. They're still, you know, they're still in their infancy stages. So they, there could be a time where these guys are, you know, getting to their mid thirties and their prime and can be world champion material. So we'll see. Till then, all in all, double or nothing. I really enjoyed it. Um, what would you say is the best match? I thought the best match was the Anarchy in the Arena match just because of just – it was fun. You know, they had the, the New Jack aspect of it with the, oh God. a live band. Everybody playing. on Twitter was like, please, for the love of God, will you shut that guy up? <laughs> well, the Elite did that when they super kicked the yeah. guy in the face, which I thought That's was a, good... an odd choice of a, an attire for that fellow. Yeah, he looked like Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Like, um... He uh, apparently was the, the guy that did Moxley's other AEW theme song. Oh, really? I believe so. Um, cool. Well, he got super kicked in the face. I I was bad. At, I thought it was fun. I liked that match. I mean, obviously, for you know selfish reasons, I liked the Jade, uh, Jade Cargill-Chris Statlander match just right. because of the pop it got. So, Do you think that that match maybe should have taken place on live TV to get an even bigger pop? What? Statlander returning? No, because you needed you needed something like a shock and awe for that pay-per-view. Because it's not like any of those matches beforehand, they were kind of set up. They had great stories going into them besides the trios match, but that was just a fun match. So, like, for her to come out out of nowhere. And AEW does do a good job of having, like, a big surprise at their pay-per-views. So this is your big surprise. And, 
you can call you can call Chris. I know. Yes, she was on the Indies Create Pro. We know her for a very long time, but she's kind of like a homegrown at AEW, and I think the fans appreciated that. I so. know people were waiting for Ibushi to show up in that main event. I uh, yeah. You know what? Now that we're not going to see Kenny Omega on TV, it looks like for a while. Maybe going into Forbidden Door, we'll have Ibushi. But it in. seemed also a lot of people I, I was seeing them on Twitter reacting as this was happening after NXT Battleground, and they were they really weren't into the the, the show up until Chris Statlander returned and I could see that too and won that title. I could see that. I could see that as well because they were like this this these matches aren't good. This match sucks. This match is boring. Yeah, blah blah blah. Crowd was dead, and then Statlander showed up. They went bananas, and the last two matches, people were like, these were fantastic matches. They were fantastic matches, and I feel like I enjoyed it, but I can agree with I think those last two matches saved the pay-per-view. Um, not to say that I had nothing I had nothing wrong with any of the other matches. As you know me, we have so much wrestling now, we should really enjoy it. Um, and I really tried not to harp in on things because – I say it all the time, you know, 10 years ago we had WWE and we had SmackDown Raw and that was it. Now we have wrestling every single night of the every night of the week and we should be lucky. So to, to close that double or nothing here, I thought it was a great pay-per-view. AEW's got a hell of a couple months up ahead of them and I think this is the start, hopefully, to something huge for AEW and a, a big a big turning point for them. But let's talk about Dynamite. Uh, going to the Viejas Arena in San Diego, California. You started off awesome trios action as the Blackpool Combat Club continues their dominance over every division in AEW by a successful win over the Lucha Bros and Bandito. Are you familiar with like the attire that Bandito had? <laughs> yeah, El Chapel in Colorado, yeah. I had no clue. Somebody posted that on like a group that I'm in, and I was like, I had no clue who that is. Can you like tell me who that is? Like, you I, have I, So I would watch... That and El Chavo Del Ocho sometimes before school when I was a kid, even though I had no idea, like, what they were saying because I don't speak Spanish. But, like, funny is funny to me, so, like, I could watch stuff and and observe it as funny. But it was – he's – I believe he's, like, a a superhero, like a spoof of his – like a – I guess maybe, like, a spoof of, like – just a superhero in general, but more so, like, those old, like, Batman shows and stuff. Okay, I believe so, and he's like a huge, very, very popular character. He, he was the same uh, actor who played him and El Chavo, and those two are like held in such high regards okay. in Mexico. Yeah, so cool. But yeah, awesome match. Blackpool Combat Club, Blackpool Combat Club avenges their loss last week to Lucha Bros by beating them in trios action, and who gets the pinfall again? Wheeler Yuta. And I like the fact that after the match, Claudio picks him up on his shoulders. They do a tight shot of Wheeler standing there, you know, with the, you know, the, the fist to his chin. Uh, really hyping up Wheeler Yuta, Yuta here. So Fans were, were really into the idea of the Lucha Bros winning this, but... Yeah, I, of course, I, you're I in mean, San you Diego. you have to assume after a pay-per-view, after losing last week, or after, I guess, beating Blackpool Combat Club last week, they weren't. I just, there's no way. Yeah, you know, and especially in a, very, a highly Hispanic area like San Diego, that's why the fans were into it. I would have liked to have seen the the show, given how the event closed, Double or Nothing. I would have liked to have seen Takeshita open up this show instead. 
Could we pop to Takeshka right now? I know you like to do things in chronological order. Well, I mean, even while we're still talking about the match, Brian Danielson was on commentary for this. Yeah. And he went down to the ring afterwards just to celebrate and made sure to make a make it a point to raise Wheeler Yuta's arm. It's his, it's his young boy. He again. I want to go back to the Double or Nothing Media Scrum. Uh, you know, Brian Danielson had. By the way, he said his resting heart rate is, heart rate is forty eight beats per minute. That's insane to me. Is mine uh, is mine more like ninety? Is that accurate? My, that sounds accurate. <laughs> my my resting is about seventy. Um, so that's what, the shape that Daniel Brian. I said it. Brian Danielson is is insane. He said he's like. Uh, last week, uh, Wheeler Yuta did this, so I made him go for a hike for me and do uh, do do headstands uh, on the rocks while we were hiking and stuff like that. So, uh, it, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, it seems like, is not just, like, this on-screen persona. It's like, these guys, iron sharpens iron, and this is making them all better professional wrestlers by working with each other and training with each other and everything like that. So. Is he, is he going to make uh, Wheeler Yuta climb Mount Everest with Darby? No, I don't think so. I don't know why people want to do stuff like that. Hey, listen, YOLO, right? It's like $30,000 minimum, first of all. (laughs) Darby's probably making that alone on t-shirt sales per month. But regardless, it's like the minimum amount is $30,000. It could be like $120,000 or something like that. And you could risk death. Well, you know, what's Darby's uh, chest tattoo say? It doesn't matter until you're underground or whatever. uh, let's, Let's continue on like the Blackpool Combat Club thing elite thing here because i mean we don't we can go in chronological order here and talk about the bucks backstage the elite backstage with alex marvez you know saying that they're down on themselves they're worth their kenny's not here he's in canada um and no, he's not in canada that's what hangman said he's not in, in canada which i have to assume i mean D- dominion is coming up so i have yeah. to assume kenny's in japan he's getting ready to go to japan yeah so, but this segment uh, was it was a bit dark order. They wanted to speak to Hangman and then they left before, before uh, I, who had who was interviewing them? Alex Marvez. Marvez had more questions for Hangman, so Hangman stood back and uh, answered the question and then ran off to go chase after the dark order. Yeah. So, so. but I think it, it seems like signs point to Japan for Kenny right now. Probably. That I mean, and so. that's also. I mean, where are you getting a friend from? You need backup against Takeshita? Hello? Seems like yep. Ibushi would be in Japan. He he would, but he doesn't have any ties with New Japan, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't need necessarily need to be New Japan, but... And he's spoken very negatively about New Japan and his, uh, you know, his working agreements with them. But, right. Um, let's... I want to... But, but again, Kenny could 100% go off and do New Japan stuff over there and also... Hey guys, I found a friend. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk about. We spoke about the end of Double or Nothing, the beginning of Dynamite, and one person that was really involved with that is Don Callis. Um, he did come out to the ring later in the night with uh, an interview with Konosuke Takeshka and Don and, and Tony Schiavone. I liked when they were going to commercial, like, and coming up, that piece of human filth, Don Callis, coming to the ring for an interview with Tony Dude, Schiavone. if I was Don Callis and Takeshita and heard that, I would 100% take him out. <laughs> well, that was Excalibur. So, uh, but no, Don Ca- what do you mean? Tony Schiavone, when he introduced them. I know, but you think Don Callis cares? He's like, people, I, I know people hate I think me. Don Callis would. He would take a pen or something to, to Tony. 
I don't. I would. You don't take a pan to Tony Schiavone's head. Anyway, but he's talking. Kenny Don Callis is talking about how he. Just, I lost a nephew. He lost a nephew, <laughs> but I gained a son. He get, he said, you know, Takeshka is a diamond in the rough. He's gonna he's gonna be better than he's gonna be better than Kenny Omega. And essentially, he says he's gonna he destroyed his family and he's gonna build a new one. So, do you think now Don Callis is slowly but surely going to build a stable out of guys in AEW or guys I coming into I AEW? I don't know about that. Well, because we I mean, still we don't know if they're associated with Blackpool Combat Club. So. I, it seems like they're not because I, I feel like on commentary Brian Daniels was like, yeah, I don't know what they were doing there. So in the long run, maybe there still is some sort of association that I had thought with uh, what is it, United Palace? What are their names? United Empire. United they, Empire. Yeah, they just signed. Maybe once so, uh, Mark Davis comes back, you put Aussie Open in there. But that freaking heat for Don Callis and uh, Takesha—they went from yeah. loving, oh, he loves Cinnabon, oh, it's so cute, to absolutely hating. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know it was how fantastic he's. Like, I, 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 mean, I, I and. Such he a sounded... louder reaction for for Don Callis and Takeshita right now than MJF is getting. Yeah, and it's I think on the level of uh, Dominic Mysterio, and I think that's Domin- incredible. Dom Heat Dom and, and Don. Don Heat. Yeah, there it is. Um, we got to pop back now because there's another in ring interview with Tony Schiavone with Bull- with Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson and Jay White. Um, you know, hyping up that they be- eliminated Ricky Starks from. The because uh, Starks Starks took both of them out, right? He, uh, he said he feels on top of the world right now after he eliminated me and Juice. Oh, he did. I'm sorry, I got that mixed up. Ricky Starks eliminated both of them, but it looks like they're gonna set their sights on FTR and the tag team titles. Yeah, which uh, I think FTR came out and saved Ricky Starks out yes, there, which to me it didn't make sense. I didn't I didn't like this promo from from Bullet. Bullet Club Gold. Well, it just said, you know, it's just saying like, hey, guess what? We're, we're done with Ricky Starks, and now we're going to set our sights on the tag titles. But yeah, so Jay ended up saying that FTR. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, they wants to join Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, and they ended up brawling after a cheap shot from Juice and. Bullet Club Gold came out on top, and Ricky Starks made the save and challenged Jay to a match next week. So that match gets set up, but. I don't know, we still, as far as I'm understanding, Jay White can't compete at Forbidden Door. Yeah, for that. Those, so I don't uh, know if that's going to actually come into play or whatever, but David Finley's still trashing this group. This isn't a real group, so. I mean. I don't, it seems like they have to be building towards something, but I don't know. Maybe we'll it's see. legit. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Huge Tony Khan with another big announcement involving AEW Collision. This time saying that AEW Collision will feature CM Punk. So the first show at the United Center, June 17th, will feature, as we all expected, CM Punk. Some so, cheers. It was, I th- see a booze, though. I think it was like 60% cheers, 40% booze. I would put it the, the number higher up for, for the booze. You think it was 50-50? No, I think it was like 80-30 or something like I that. I don't think 80-30. 110%? Never smart in, I was never so smart in math, but 80-20? No, there was 100% more booze, even if the in the live crowd footage. They were not happy that CM Punk was announced. I, I know what, and I've been, I... I'm excited. 
I How could am you be excited? I am excited to see what CM Punk says. I couldn't care less about CM Punk at this point, given how much he's done negatively since what? coming back to quote-unquote wrestling. I mean, the, he still has a very strong fan base out there. I see it every single day on social media. Oh, I'm really excited to see CM Punk back. Yeah, but back. social then, media, like MJF, what MJF said that recently. Oh, he like, ripped everybody apart. He and said it the was, IWC is what, 1% of, of wrestling? Yeah. So... On social media, that doesn't even matter, according to MJF. Yeah, because MJF's smart. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing CM Punk back. As I said last week, too, I would like for him. He should be opening the show, coming out and saying something, you know, saying something in the lines like, hey, last time you said me, I didn't really say a lot of nice things. Um, but, you know, me being injured and me being my time away from the wrestling, maybe refocus, blah, 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 blah. I'm here to help AEW and put, you know, the best product on the map, I think we'll with the see. with the reaction that that announcement got, I feel like he has to come come in as a heel. I mean, but he's probably going to get aligned with FTR, as we know they're very close friends. So he'll probably come in as maybe I, that's why Dax has been acting the way he's been acting recently. What do you mean? How has he been acting? Where he was like condescending towards Mark Briscoe the other week. I'm not too sure, but. CM Punk's going to be featured on Collision. We've known this for a very long time. June 17th, I will unfortunately not be able to watch it unless uh, I'm not at a Disney-themed park that day. Um, so I'll uh, take a look at it. I know there'll be a, a lot of, uh, you know, the 1%. The I have the, uh, the TBS app, by the way, or TNT app. I have Hulu. No, I meant, like, if you wanted to watch it live. I have Hulu In the live. park. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how I get my my basic t- television is through uh, Hulu Live, even though it seems like like I don't know if you read this article. Verizon is like, hey, yeah, I saw that in the tweet. <laughs> Somebody wrote like, well, it just seems like cable. <laughs> <laughs> looks was, like we're just going in circles. That here, was pal. really funny. Yeah, what a, yeah. I mean, it's cyclical, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all these freaking apps now, man. It's, uh, all these freaking apps. I know. So, anyway, three three way match, Swerve Strickland. Picks up a victory over Big Bill and Trent Beretta. I enjoyed this match a lot. This match got announced because I didn't watch Double or Nothing. I was like, this makes no sense. What? What's the story behind this? But the, but I feel like... What's the comment- betrayal? I had no idea I, what the betrayal was. And then- no, but I feel like commentary did a good job. Like, hey, this match stemmed from Double or Nothing. Uh, you know. Yeah, it before- was Swerve who betrayed Big Cass during the pay-per-view. Big Bill. Big Bill. I get confused because when I say Big Bill, I, I refer to Goldberg. As Big Bill. By the way, speaking of Goldberg, did you did did you watch any of the media scrum? Uh, no, but I did see the comments I had seen. So Tony Khan, Bill Goldberg some... comments, and dude, it, it needs to happen. Bill Goldberg versus MJF. Bill Goldberg goes over, wins the title, and then we see Sting beat. <laughs> no. Yes, no, then Sting needs to not. beat Bill Goldberg one more time for the WCW, uh, not WCW, the <laughs> AEW Championship. And then he, retires. That's it. Nobody has to defeat Sting for the championship. He retires Bill, on top. Is Goldberg in the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Goldberg I think... needs to, to wrestle in AEW and become AEW world champion. 100% Absolutely. needs to happen. Nope. Absolutely not. 100% needs to happen. That happens. Brandon's buying every piece of AEW merchandise. I'm like, yeah, WWE sucks. AEW. AEW. <laughs> it's not if, happening. If Tony, like, Khan, like... if Tony Khan wanted to, uh, I don't know if he wanted to maybe. Nah, forget it. No, say it. I was going to say, if you wanted to maybe uh, send me to a Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, no. 
I would By the way, how mad were you? WWE. By the way, that was a highlight of my Saturday when Dave was sending you pictures of our, so to tell all the fans. So Saturday, we'll talk about it later. Oh, why it's Mark Hamill of the week? It's not, but it's. A, I think it's part of my shout out. Oh, Sal's fiance is part of your shout out. I'll have to tell him. No, but <laughs> <laughs> but you can Maybe include it during that time. Great. Um, all right, so yeah, B- Swerve Strickland picks up the victory. You know, next week it's or I forget what it was. Swerve's gonna get an international title shot. Boom. Yeah, Done. and it's like this the the setup of this not the setup the the beginning part of this didn't make sense because like Trent I feel like should have worked with Bill against Swerve. Yeah, but like they both have that common enemy. The whole like you're what is it the enemy of the enemy is my friend or whatever. I don't know. I'm terrible. I, like I, I'm not really good at that. After that, we saw the acclaimed interview on the stage by Renee Paquette, and they want gold for Billy Gunn one last time, and he deserves to hold gold. Give him a TNT championship run. Well, commentary <laughs> said the trio's titles, which I feel like doesn't make sense given that they just lost that opportunity. Yep. And they were stupid, I guess, maybe in some sense, to not choose a stipulation. So I thought maybe they were leaning towards Ring of Honor six man tag, but that they they specifically said the AEW trios championship. So I don't know. I can't see them winning against House of Black. No, I don't see anybody right now beating House of Black. Um, I feel like they're doing, and I, I said this before, they're doing a great job with uh, holding down the fort. Yeah, holding down the fort. I feel like I could have said anything in that moment, and you would have said yes. And then sorry, work work text messages while I'm uh, trying to record a podcast. After that, we saw Wardlow have a promo, basically just saying who's next, and I think it's Luchasaurus instead of Christian. He's moving over to Luchasaurus. Yeah, perfect. Luchasaurus. Yeah. Then. We had a tag team match where Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy teamed up to defeat the Gates of Agony. And this match was Gates of Agony. No, it wasn't. I the fe- hell out of Orange Cassidy and Darby. More so, mostly Darby Allen. I know, but I feel like in the beginning, Darby and Orange did get a lot of offense. So they had their shine. And then you had the big boys get their heat. And then you had the comeback of Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. And then the, it was the finish. It, they went it was, back to that typical formula for Darby Allen and Orange I Cassidy. I don't think so because I think Darby did a lot. I think Darby and Orange at the beginning of this match got a lot of offense in, especially being a lot quicker than two big guys, which I haven't seen a lot of the Gates have any, but I was impressed. Um, but the, I, the Mogul Embassy came out. They went to the ring and. Sting returned, but then literally nothing happened from that. But I guess Keith Lee and Swerve just randomly stopped again. Uh, I don't think it stopped. I think it just. It's what do you mean? It just did they? I don't know what they did in the battle royal, but there's that's not a blow off. That's uh, not a blow off, but they can continue. It's been it's been here. almost. Battle Royal is not a Battle Royal is not a match for blow off. What happens if like next week Swerve comes beating down Orange Cassidy and then the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage come down and then you have Keith Lee come out with Darby Allen and Sting and sets up a big four man match? I just think this has been going on for I think over a year at this point, or almost a year, including the whole will they won't they feud. Have Keith has Keith Lee been in AEW for a year? I don't know. 
But it's since when they were, when they were, as soon as they started tagging up together, it was like, well, it seems like they're going to feud. It seems like they're not going to feud. It's on and off, start and stop. And it's been happening since then, so. 2-9-22. So. So it's it's been for over a year. He's been kind of paired with with Swerve. After that, though, we saw Tony Schiavone uh, immediately cut off by Hook. Yeah, it's Hook. He, who cares? He, he doesn't care if people are trying to announce him. He's Hook. He's badass. Immediately interrupted by LFI. And then Jose ordered them to beat down Hook. But Jungle Boy made the save. I was thinking that it was going to be the Hardy Boys, given that their recent uh, teaming together was that. But it was it was Jungle Hook returning, reuniting. Yep, because you got to get Jungle Boy over somehow. So you got to pair him back with Hook. Have you seen, I mean, it seems like you're not happy with that, I guess. No, not at all. <laughs> I liked it with the Hardys. And, you know, Hook's had this tight, this FTW title, which has now become more of a prop than it has been defended. Like, when it first came out, it was hot. And now it's, you know, it's fallen by the wayside because Hook wasn't on TV for a while. And then they started doing things with the Hardys and making him some ancillary character. I, what I would have liked if, if Jungle Boy came out, and, like, he had the steel chair in his hand. He's standing next to Hook. And oh all of a sudden, God. boom. He hits Dude. A. I was, I was 100% waiting. Every time they, like, pan, like, like would move the camera, I'm like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure Jungle Boy's about to attack Hook. And that would have made so much sense. He's he's pissed off that he lost the, the world championship the night before. The opportunity to become world champion, I should say. Yes. And he's pissed off. He needs a, an edge or something, and then boom, knocks, knocks a hook. One of the the most, I guess, at this point, loved. It's, it's been it's been cooled, but but he's at very one he's, point, he's he was one loved. of the most over people in the company. So not in the company in professional wrestling. When he first debuted, he was so over, like big time over. But he's cooled off. But again, like Hook's one of those like beloved AEW guys, and I feel like that would have been a smart thing for Jungle Boy. He he could have came out like, "Yeah, you're another one of those guys that trains a creative pro, and I don't like you." Which yeah. again could always happen down yeah. the line because it's going to lead to a tag team match. Yeah, and I feel like so. you need to. It, it, I, I feel like Jungle Boy is a baby face, and yes, everybody. It, like too, like I feel like he was kind of being. I want to go back to Double or Nothing. He was like kind of being a little pretentious when he was walking out to the ring because he's walking out. Well, he didn't want to be there. He was like doing. <laughs> he's like doing the wave. Everyone's doing the wave. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me do the wave too. Oh uh, yeah, cool. All right, whatever. Um, so I saw somebody tweet out saying that they they wished because that song, his theme songs in Fight Forever. They, they said that they wish that there was a mode where you could just turn it on to be Taz singing the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that'd great. be so funny. That would have been awesome. I saw they announced their, uh, their I, deluxe I wanna, edition I and their talk, pre-order bonus. I want to talk about this and mark out moment of the week. Okay. Can we, can we hold? Can putting we put a pause, putting a pin in the balloon. Put a pin, pin in it. Yep, put a, no, well, put you a don't want to put a pin in the balloon. You're just putting a pin in it. No. After that, we saw the Outcast interviewed backstage, which was set up for a house show for a match that we won't ever see. Well, it no, but you you if you have Tony Storm on Dynamite next week, you'll be like, and Tony Storm defended this title. I think they have two house shows this weekend, um, and she's like, Tony Storm, this weekend, um, you know, it defended the title not only once but twice. You know, in uh, Mississippi and also Huntsville, Alabama, Wisconsin. <laughs> No, but it's like no, it's uh, Tulipo, Mississippi, and Huntsville, Alabama. But to their credit, is they're getting all these stars a reps that you know the 
hate to make the comparison here, but like the WWE guys and a WWE schedule, you're wrestling for maybe five times a week. AEW guys, they wrestle once a week if they're not doing independence. So this is a good thing for especially all those younger talents to bone up on all their skills and stuff like that. Especially if you get to face Tony Storm. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, you know, they'll probably, I would assume, do a package next week if Tony Storm's on Dynamite. Oh, yeah, this weekend, Tony Storm, you know, defended. I was just saying this, but I cut myself off. Uh, you know, not once, but twice at our uh, House Rule shows. And if you, you know, maybe then hype up uh, any more House Rule shows, then there's none coming up. So I'll just <laughs> put a sock in my mouth on that. Um, so let's continue on, though. You know, I feel like Tony Storm as a heel is great. Again. Going back to the media scrum, she had this piss and vinegar attitude coming off of that. and I feel like she she doesn't even need the outcasts. She doesn't. Like, the outcasts are now, like, an ancillary characters to her. They're, like, her heaters. Uh, But not Soraya, as we saw her in the main event. And let's continue on with the show, though, as Chris Statlander successfully defended her TBS championship for the first time against Nyla Rose. Um, commentary, I think, again, did a great job. I know, Brandon, you are... That's so goofy. It's so goofy. What? They said that it's it's only taking place because of something that happened three years ago. No, they said... No, they didn't say that. They said, and now Chris Statlander successfully defends her AEW championship for the first time as Nyla Rose successfully defended her women's championship for the first time against Chris Statlander. So, I like that. I liked... The fact that, you know, Chris Dadlander, and we said this in, in text conversation yesterday, she has this more than a woman moniker now. She's a, she's, you know, jacked. I she's think she's huge. no longer an alien. No, she's not. Uh, she's got, like, alien aspect to her. But she's not, like, a shoot alien from the Andromeda Galaxy. A shoot she's, alien. <laughs> she's, from, she's from Long Island, New York now. Which, by the way, NASA just did a whole, <laughs> a whole thing. There's no longer UFOs. I forget what they changed it to, but. Yeah, why? Because it's not politically correct? No, I think it's just because they're, it's like, it's not ident- unidentified flying objects, it's something else now. I don't know what, I forget what they changed it to, though. They'll always be UFOs to me, but I like Chris Statlander, she's more the woman, and she couldn't, like, she's trying to pick up her, for, uh, Nyla Rose for a body slam a couple times, couldn't get her up, you know, and then when she finally hit the blue thunderbomb on her, everybody popped for it. To me, though, I, like that stuff, like that, to me makes her look weak. She just beat Jade Cargill, who went sixty and zero undefeated in singles competition. But like Jade that. also, but Jade also too had a fifteen minute match before that. But regardless of that, I feel like Chris Statlander should have been booked a lot stronger than she was in this. But, I, I was hoping for her to look like that dominant champion, but she got beat down the whole match like she was Orange Cassidy or Darby Allen. I don't think she... And then she had that quick comeback at the end. Also, this is her first match in over a year. That, to me, that's still... I would... I want to see her be dominant, not Darby. I think Taz Taz did a very good job of saying, he's like, hey, he's like, you could do as much as you want on the treadmill, you could do as much as you want on the assault bike. Nothing takes... Nothing is similar than wrestling in a real ring. And Chris Statler hasn't done that in over a year. So you got to get those cobwebs out. Yes, I know she, she's she mentioned that she's been training and the stuff that she's been doing has been unreal to, you know, what what people are seeing her do. But I thought it was great. I like the fact that she hit that beautiful 450 splash to get the win. I know and I, now, I mentioned uh, now we can see her start getting better and better next week. Yeah, every well, week. Now until, it doesn't make sense. Ty Valkyrie was watching this. 
Yeah. What I, is well, she I'm watching? Talking, she lost. You blew, she lost, it. You blew it. But she lost, and she's upset that Statlander got the win because Jade Cargill beat her down. Do you think Statlander's going to have a shorter thing, and then Ty is going to turn heel or something? I think Ty has already kind of turned heel. Did you see, like, the slick back uh, hair? Um, you know, so we'll see. I think that going forward, this is going to be her first uh, feud is going to be with Taya. Um, and because, you know, the reports of all the news sites, news with a Z. Wait, or... that's what they're actually saying? No, but they're, oh. they're, the news, the news sites are saying that Jade's taking some time off and she's going to come back and she's going to have a, a kind of a different character to her. By the way, I thought it was really cool that she got to do the entrance that she did yeah. with her step team. I thought both. I thought both of those. Ent- I thought Taya's entrance was awesome. It was you know larger than life. I don't think the, the entrance was like super cool or anything. They had the no, but I thought the and, artist who performs that song too on TikTok. All the girl, all the pretty all girls walk. The pretty girls, yeah. My niece dances to it. It's funny. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I thought it was a good showing for Stadlander, You know, against somebody with the the, the size and stature of Nyla Rose. Um, and I'm stoked for Satellite to be back. Maybe the next match. We I know we spoke about it in text message. I was saying if they're going to do a random ass match like that, I would have preferred for it to be somebody like Emmy Sakura. But but she's going to be on Rampage. Instead, she's going to be so. a championship Rampage. And like, bro. Which that makes no sense. To me, it should be Willow. Like she beat arguably the biggest woman right now in in pro wrestling. She shouldn't yeah. have had that 30 second thing last week. It should have been there live in the arena. And I, but that's here, it's not, it's not, a, it's Rampage, not a New Japan show. I feel like this and should I said, have been on Dynamite. And I, I said, I, I, it's not a New Japan show. If it was a New Japan show, they could put well, What do you mean it's not a New Japan show? She's defending the New Japan title. I know, but but also, too, as I said last week, they were working towards Double or Nothing. Now they're working towards Forbidden Door. Now they there, was almost, there was nothing. There was no build for Forbidden Door this week, though. That could have been the build. I know, but now is the start. Now you get all the stuff coming off of off a of double or nothing, and then you w- start working on to Forbidden Door. And there's I a think lot a of- big complaint though that people had last year was how rushed Forbidden Door was, and now it's in three-ish weeks, and they didn't put it on Dynamite. It was all over. The- they mentioned it. It's several. No, times. no, but there was no there was no storyline. No, but, but now next week they can start doing storylines and stuff like that, and they they're going to start it with freaking Rampage this week as he got. The strong championship. I mentioned Will Nightingale's defending against Emmy Sakura, who's uh, which is very cool. Um, but let's continue. Let's finish off. Let's finish off Dynamite here. The unfortunate main event. Of How was it unfortunate? I thought it was this fun. This match was terrible. I thought this match was fun. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Adam Cole and Britt Baker teamed up to pick up the victory over Chris Jericho and Soraya. We saw the Outcast beat down Britt Baker behind the referee, and then Hikaru Shida. Took them out. I think this, that might have been the only part of the match that we didn't need. We okay, but outside of that, we saw Chris Jericho eat a splash for Soraya, which I feel like would surely hurt her more with Jericho on top. Yeah, but that's how they do it in pro wrestling. And then Jericho had the walls of Jericho locked on Adam Cole and and. And then we saw Britt Baker lock the lockjaw in. I like that Chris a lot Jericho. too because, like, you didn't see it coming, and you saw her after. She's like, "Oh, you're screwed!" Puts the lockjaw on, and it does. It was good. I thought that was fun. It's good to see Britt and uh, it was Adam the Tandy part did. before that. I think that when when Britt and Soraya were going at it, it was just that looked terrible. Like they were just working so slow, it made no sense. And 
The ending of the match saw Chris Jericho grab that baseball bat, but Adam Cole and Britt Baker took him out with a super kick, which I'm fine with the ending of that. Yeah, so it wasn't terrible. It wasn't good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was a mixed match challenge, whatever it is. It, it, mixed <laughs> tag team match. It was good. It continues this feud. Or or this was the blow-off. I don't know. But... Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, that's the end of Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be. But the way that it went off off of the air was, Jer- was Cole and Britt Baker standing tall. Adam Cole gets an unsanctioned win over him at double or nothing. Then he gets a, a, a mixed match challenge with, <laughs> sorry, a, a mixed tag grudge match challenge, whatever it is, against them. So, like, what else does Jericho have to do now? I don't know. Go face Where does Jericho go from door. here? What? Where does Jericho go from here? He's Now he's the wizard again. Remember, he threw a fireball at somebody's face at double or nothing. So. I think uh, outside of not having the forbidden door stuff, I think... Not having MJF in a live promo, I thought was kind of nuts. Roman Reigns wasn't. That's at, not. There's a big difference between Roman Reigns and MJF. But he's, he's still very, very, but still, very he's big. Still, difference. your world heavyweight champion, and he wasn't there the night after WrestleMania. MJF, MJF had cut, that promo. Like we don't know what's next for the AEW Championship at this point. But yeah, because for, for he, Roman Reigns, we knew what was next. Nothing. Smash and trash, or whatever his, his moniker was. Um, MJF, he literally cut a promo on Darby, Jungle yeah. Boy, and Sammy Guevara. And then at the media scrum afterwards, he said he doesn't want to work at Forbidden Door, so maybe we won't see him for a little bit. That or sucks. Ma- I would rather or maybe, see the Elite take off. <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll get those uh, MJF is contractually obligated to be here this week. All that stuff. But I mean, Rampage this week, Championship Rampage. You have. El Vikingo defending the Mega Championship against Realistico and Commander. That's going to be Lucha Mania running wild. Which, by the way, Kenny Omega is facing Vikingo in like two weeks or so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Um, then you have the New Japan World TV Championship. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. facing off against Action Andretti. Um, you're also going to have Will Nightingale we discussed against Abby Sakura. Is uh, Zack Sabre Jr. in a tag team with Samoa Joe or something? Or No. I think they might be in a feud-ish thing. Oh. And, then, and then you have freaking Katsuyori Shibata facing off against Lee Moriarty in a, for the pure championship. Like, come on. I think this might be the the most must-watch Rampage in a very long time because they're throwing out bangers here. It's not like, you know, squash match, squash match, two mid-card guys. Like, they're, they're throwing some heat here, brother. So, But it's still like... I mean, you you could still assume. What's well, gonna be Willow, Shibata, Zack Saber Jr. But still, like you're gonna get real good wrestling, real good wrestling for an entire entire hour, and different wrestling. You're gonna get four very different wrestling matches here. Very, very much so. Yeah. So, again, I say it all the time. We're getting a lot of wrestling these days. It would make a a dope undercard for WCW. Yeah, right. That's probably what this this is anyway. So that was AEW, uh, independent wrestling as well. I talked a little bit about it. Um, let's take a break, and we'll be back with Dave, and poss- possibly Dave and Brandon. I, was, I thought you were going to say possibly Brandon. I was like, no, I'm, I'm definitely here, brother. Yeah, I'm here, brother. Uh, and we'll be right back here on Marking Out. This is Judah Friedlander, the world champion, and you're listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 643. 
We lied last week because Dave is here. Dave, how are you? Doing great. How about you? Still awesome as always. I know uh, we we spoke about you going to Dubai on last week's episode, but there's yeah, still not time yet. to speak about WWE's pay-per-views, uh, premium live events, excuse me. Yes, I, uh, they're pay-per-views to me, but I haven't left yet. We'll be leaving uh, shortly, but might as well talk about WWE Night of Champions, though, taking yeah. place in uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Triple H opened up the the show in a video package. I thought that was a nice, well-done video package. Totally agreed. Uh, then the first match that took place was for the World Heavyweight Championship, where Seth Rollins, I think we all expected that, picked up the victory over AJ Styles to become the new World Heavyweight Champion. And apparently that championship is not part of the other lineage. Yeah, I guess they're totally doing it differently. I mean, definitely, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I I wish that, I think that it should be part of the previous lineage. I think so as well. I mean, to me, it's stupid to have it separate. I definitely think it should have been part of the other lineage history because that, History dates back, well, I guess technically for WWE-wise, it it dates back to 2002. I don't know if that one dated back towards WCW as well. I don't think it did. Mm -hmm. But they finally explained what the title meant, the the design of the title. I don't know why it took them until Saudi Arabia to describe it. It it, It was designed with features that include three lions to symbolize the McMahon family crest. A crown that pays homage to Bruno San Martino, and an eagle, which is a callback to the original winged eagle design of the WWE Championship. I don't know why they didn't tell that uh, tell that to us as soon as the title became a brand new title. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought that that hearing that story about what the championship means, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was really interesting to hear what each aspect uh, of that championship was and why it and, was, and it was weird also because they didn't mention the, like big gold or anything and it's clearly designed after that yeah so, i thought that was weird but as far as the match goes i feel like i would have liked for this to have closed the show mm-hmm. but seth rollins apparently had to go right after to film captain america so i can't fault that at all people are like how dare they yeah he's and i mean typically i would be like that as well but he's going out to film for the MCU. I can't fault that. No, not at all. I mean, and I'm sure WWE cleared him and I'm sure if he, if they're putting a championship around his waist, I can't, I can't assume that he's going to be out of action or missing all that much time. If they're tossing a championship on him, he literally said, I will be at every single Monday night raw. Yeah. Like as long as I'm champion. So it's clearly worked out that he had to go fly film now he's going he's flying to monday night raw and then boom filming so i went to go see a show on broadway called the price starring danny devito tony shalhoub jessica hecht and mark ruffalo but the day that i went mark ruffalo was out just for one random day mark ruffalo was out and it was to film the avengers so it's like i I really that sucks though if you're 
That does yeah, suck. Like does if you're suck. going to a play and you're expecting to see somebody and then they end up not being there. But I can't fault like I can't fault Mark Ruffalo for not being there because it was just like a random day that he had to go out and film the Avengers. Yeah, and it's not so, like the play the people with the play had no idea that he was going to not be able to perform that night of the. No, it, I, I think it was a last minute thing. But even still, that's why they have um, understudies, understudies, yeah. and everything. So just in yeah. case, like an accident happens, or he gets sick, or he has to do traveling, that's why you have understudies. And it was so, still good. or they or they just flat out leave the show. Yeah, and the show was still good, so I can't fault anyone for missing that or having to leave early. It's not like when, no, you, uh, it's not like when yeah, I paid money to see, to see. Yeah, I still got to see. You Danny got to see DeVito. Danny DeVito cool. up close in action. But it was. It's not like when I paid money to see Jeremy Piven on Broadway, and then like the week before, like I it might have been like the actual week before or like three days before, he announced like, "Oh, I'm not going to be in the show anymore." And it was like before the show even started. Oh. It's like, are you kidding me, bro? But whatever, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was a super hot crowd for this match, and I think both of them absolutely delivered. I thought it was great. Yeah, it, this match was in, just awesome. It was a one. If I feel like out of everybody that's on the card, this was the best match to open with. Yeah, I think um, this even even if Seth Rollins didn't have to leave. I think that this was still the match to open with. And also the ending, so... Yeah. But it was I thought it was a great match. We saw Seth Rollins ended up hurting his knee during it, which AJ Styles worked on throughout the match. And it did become a factor later on when he did work through it, but AJ Styles did... Ending up, end up having to, uh, or Seth Rollins ended up having to like work differently. Yeah, I like that we saw AJ Styles hitting a pedigree in this. I thought that was cool, but Seth Rollins with his bad knee and all went up and hit that stomp, and and I thought that was a, a great ending. Yeah, I totally. And then agree Triple with H, you. Triple H presented him with the title afterwards. Yeah. After that, I assume because Seth was leaving, Becky was leaving. We saw Trish Stratus pick up the victory over Becky Lynch. Ah, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't put that together. That's what I assume was the deal. I mean, makes sense if it was, you know. Yeah, but uh, a big pop for Trish Stratus's gear was a, a take on one of her older heel gears. I think it was a heel gear, so I thought that was cool. But this was another good match. Yeah, I mean, this set, I believe, a record as well. Um, it's Trish Stratus' Trish first singles victory in 17 years. And I don't think anybody else has ever do- had that 17-year break between really? a singles victory. I so, wonder, maybe, what was Bret Hart? Was maybe 15 years? Um, I don't remember. When he won that U.S. I championship, I feel like it there was some in. When he won the U.S. title, there was some like insane year gap there. Huh. I don't know. I'm not too sure, but, but I I liked this match. I thought that this match was really awesome. Uh, Becky Lynch with her Kill Bill gear. That I like. She always has like the Kill B, the Kill Bill gimmick. I don't. I've never seen the film, so I was gonna say I feel like I've seen her in that attire before. Similar, not not that exact attire, but yeah, similar. I did see uh, Uma Thurman was apparently at the Eras tour. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, but, you've been uh, tracking everybody at the Eris tour. I mean, I have. Been tracking the internet everybody. has been tracking it, and I've just seen it. You're, you're just an innocent bystander so to who. You're just an innocent bystander to who appears. Yeah, like we spoke about Mark Ruffalo before. I didn't. I didn't go out there and like know that Paul Rudd was at the Eras tour. I just happened to see Paul Rudd was trending, and I clicked on Paul Rudd, and it says Paul Rudd's at the Eras tour. I don't know. My Brandon thing is, wasn't. I, I I think it's cool that Mike Myers was there. It, that's just so random. Ben Stiller. Are yeah. they are they Swift fans or is, are they going because it's like the hot thing for celebrities to go do for free? I'm saying yes. It's it's a Jeff great... Ramsey was there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know uh, Mariska Haggerty. She's like an actual Swift fan, so obviously she was showing up. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about but, showing uh, up, I mean, in this, <laughs> I was match... going to say in this match, somebody uh, they kind of like. I saw people split on this spot. I thought it was a good spot when Becky Lynch I, caught Trish Stratus on the, the top rope and she walked her down into the Boston Crab. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool spot. Yeah. And people were like, oh, she didn't even like put the, the Boston Crab on. Yeah, I think that, like, that that was fine. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I have no issues and with then, that. And then unexpectedly at the ending, Zoe Stark showed up hit her the Z360 on Becky Lynch behind the referee's back, and that led to the end of the match. And Zoe Stark, I think, has been missing something. And now with the, the, the pairing with Trish Stratus, I think that's huge. Yeah. I think that'll get people to care. Yeah, so. I, I agree with you. I think that Zoe Stark paired with... Trish Stratus is definitely different, but it makes sense, and I think that it's I think it's great. I think it's really a good idea. Next up, you had Gunter pick up the victory over Mustafa Ali. I mean, Mustafa Ali coming out traditional attire, um, yeah, and just really crowd loved uh, Ali. And it it Whoa. wasn't a one sided match. Yeah, I mean, Mustafa Ali rocked. Gunter with that top rope sit down powerbomb. Every like comeback that Mustafa Ali had in this match, the fans went like crazier and crazier. Yeah. So it was really cool to see the fans like go absolutely bonkers for Mustafa Ali, especially when that, that one like false finish happened. And they were like, I mean, like I'm sitting there no way in, in heck is he winning. But when the fans thought he was winning, I just thought that was so cool. I agree. I think that it was just it was an awesome match for the both of them and it shows that well, uh Gunter can go with anybody too. Like yeah. he's like Gunter is reminding me of Brock Lesnar in the fact that I prefer seeing Brock Lesnar take on the people such as Mustafa Ali, the people that he can Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, the people that he can dominate because I feel like Brock Lesnar shines the most when he's against those wrestlers and always puts on incredible matches. So I feel like Gunter is very similar to that aspect. And him versus Ali, it was awesome. I thought it was interesting, by the way, unrelated to that, when they were like, the commentary was hyping up. They were like, oh, we have so many stars out tonight. And when they would cut to the crowd, they would show WWE superstars in the crowd. Yeah. 
I thought that was interesting because like the Street Profits were there, uh, Scarlet and Karrion Cross. I'm not sure who else, but I feel like I'm missing some people. But I thought that mm-hmm. was a cool thing to do. Yeah. Because uh, it reminded me of NXT TakeOvers. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but we saw Asuka pick up the victory over Bianca Belair to break an incredible record reign for Bianca Belair's Raw, Raw Women's Championship. I think I saw some people saying that this match was like the aggressive match they needed, but I wanted this match to be way more aggressive. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen Belair be so so much more aggressive towards Asuka because we had the back-to-back miss spots the past few weeks, and it didn't really like correlate to the beginning of this match for me. Yeah, um, I could agree with that. I could agree but with that. But Asuka, in this match, tried to use that mist, and Bianca Belair got out of the way, but... In the end, I guess behind the referee's back, Asuka spit the mist onto her hand, and when she got lifted up for that KOD, Asuka rubbed it all over Bianca Belair's face, and that yeah, I cut it not even like her face, but directly into her eyes, and yeah, I thought that that was really creative. I mean, you you didn't even see her wipe her like get this the spit into her her fingers, and the like. I thought that that was really a good. Uh, spot. I, I like the fact that she did. I, I like the spot that mentioned she, that it was wrapped and and that she might have gotten that from Great Muda. It was wrapped. Yeah, her hand, Oscar's hand, was like wrapped up to protect her own hand. I guess. What do you mean? Like protecting her own hand from the poison mist. It was wrapped up so she could oh, spit I got you, it I got and then use it as a weapon. That's I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I thought that that was really a cool spot, and I like the fact that she tried to hit it earlier and missed with the mist. Literally missed. <laughs> I like. <laughs> yeah, she missed with the mist. <laughs> I I like that she was unable to hit it because it was like that spot. Like, oh, well, she missed this the mist right now. That's it. She can't do it again. And obviously, she could have done it again somehow by getting. Uh, another uh get it from somewhere but i like the fact that they didn't do that and that she just wiped it right in her face i like that yeah i thought that was really cool uh but the reign of oscar after that interesting placement i I, this was a we saw rhea ripley Rhea Ripley defended the smackdown women's championship against natalia and won in 65 seconds maybe yeah very quick uh quick match and i guess i don't know um i guess it could i guess with this match i agree with the booking so far i guess with the placement you could have had i would have been fine with having rhea ripley here or after lesnar i think i just i I don't they're fine i just didn't really understand this match like we had it was a random setup to begin with when i realized that this match was even a match on the card last week i'm like huh okay because how it started we saw rhea ripley dominating dana brooke then we saw natalia walk very slowly to the ring and yell at rhea ripley about that yeah so there, it's not like there was some huge setup behind this match, but then this match itself, 
they brawled outside the ring. I don't know if Dominic even like interfered or anything. I don't remember him interfering. But um, I can't it, it just it was under two minutes long. It was almost oh, just like just over a minute long. So it's like <laughs> I don't know why what ha- why this was what it was. I mean, probably to save time into the next two matches maybe they noticed but even still like even without like match time i don't understand like how how was rhea ripley so dominant over somebody like natalia that just didn't make sense to me i'm okay with it natalia to me you know my take on natalia so i'm totally fine with this like she's a veteran she's supposed to have counters for everything it just didn't make sense to me but I'm fine with the outcome. I'm just, I just didn't make, it didn't make sense to me. But after that, we saw Brock Lesnar pick up the victory over Cody Rhodes. They're now tied. Does that mean we're having a tiebreaker between the two? Um, I don't know. But Cody Rhodes had a cast on his arm because it was quote unquote broken. And he used it to gain the upper hand in the match. And once he figured that out, he pretty much manhandled Brock. Yeah, he was able to get the best of Brock Lesnar in this matchup. Right but... up until Brock locked that Kimura lock on and Cody passed out, which was a huge hot topic. Yeah. People were like, "There's, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt or whatever. There's no way you would pass out from a Kimura, from a broken arm. <laughs> I mean, can you pass out from anything? Yeah. I think, right? <laughs> I feel I would, like you could I would pass think out so. I mean, with enough exhaustion and stuff like that. Well, the, there was adrenaline running through his veins. Uh, I don't think you could pass out from it. What's the theme song? Adrenaline in my okay. soul. Okay, nice. Something, was something that intentional? No, that's what they said. That's funny. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't think anything of it with the, the whole passing out thing. I just... It was Cody passing out. He 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 regained himself before the referee could call for the bell, and they would they went on and, and did more spots. But ultimately, Brock Lesnar locked that Kimura in again, and made him pass out. Yeah, but like you said, with the whole Rhea Ripley and Natalia thing, I don't know if I would have booked this after that or what because it was kind of like the same thing, just less of it. Yeah, with Natty and and Rhea Ripley. I could okay. I could I could understand what you're saying, like the brawling aspect. So, uh-huh. but yeah, I, I'm completely fine with Cody Rhodes passing out. He had a, a we know storyline wise, he had the broken arm. It's not like it was the first Kimura lock in the match. Yeah. Cody regained. He had his second wind, and then Brock locked it in again, and Cody passed out. So. Yeah. And then the main event of Night of Champions saw Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn pick up the victory over the Bloodline, uh, Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns to retain the Tag Team Championships. And you could just tell this was something very special for Sami Zayn. Yeah, I mean, he he got onto the mic right when he got out there during the introductions. I mean, even before that, when he got onto the stage, you could just see the emotions. I mean... I don't know. Did you see the press conference? I did. And when they had the, the pre-show, I saw a tweet saying, oof, 
they're they're booing Sami Zayn, and it's like, what? what? What are you listening to? They're not booing Sami Zayn. He's like one of the most over people in that building right now. Yeah, I don't know who heard booing, but when I watched it, they were ecstatic for Sami Zayn, and you can well see- not the not the press conference, but like a, when they had the I think it was on the kickoff show. They had a backstage segment with Kevin and Sami, and. Kevin Kevin got cheered, and then Sammy walked in, and he also got cheered. So I don't know what they were listening yeah. to. But I mean, in the press conference, he was so over. He it looked like he even was brought to tears almost. Yeah, I mean, and he he introduced Kevin Owens in Arabic, and I and the fans were going absolutely wild for that. Yeah, he was saying how this is an Arabic, uh, how everybody speaking speaks Arabic here, and so it's only fitting how the introduction is done in Arabic and. I mean, Sami Zayn has to be so happy to be there, especially traveling to, like, the House of Allah and everything like that. This must have been just so meaningful to him. So it's really cool to see that uh, he was able to do this this time around. And this matchup was just was awesome. One, one hell of a fight. Yeah, this was awesome. I mean, you had everything leading up to it with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. And I there were so many parts of this match that I liked. Something I liked the most was where Roman Reigns hit the referee with the spear by accident. Yeah. And then he just starts to, like, <laughs> blame the referee. He was just like, what are you doing? And I, it, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and from there we saw Sami hit the, the Superman punch. And then he went for the spear, but he got rocked with the Superman punch. And then Kevin Owens ended up spearing Roman Reigns after that. But the Usos yeah. showed up. We we thought maybe the Usos weren't showing up, but the Usos showed up. I feel like I said this last week that the Usos would show up and, and maybe cost Roman the match. But they ended up attacking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and brawled for a bit. But when they went for another double super kick, they accidentally took out Solo Sokoa. And that was what Roman Reigns saw. He didn't see them taking out Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They saw him. They take saw out Solo. He saw them. Yeah, take out Solo. And and I don't. I don't think it's Solo Sokoa anymore, right? I, I don't know. I, th- I think they did just say Solo. Yeah, I think that they cut the Sokoa there. I think that they're just calling him Solo now. They're they, calling they made Solo Solo. Solo. I, I don't know if I like that, but they're going Solo. But, uh, yeah, and, and Roman Reigns was pissed off that they were even there, and he ended up shoving Jey Uso, and Jimmy snapped. He super kicked Roman, and Jay's like, brother, what are you doing? How could you do that? You can't do that. What are you doing? Yeah. And Jimmy yelled, I'm doing what you should have done months ago, or something like that. Hits him with another super kick. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn obviously pick up that victory. Paul Heyman's mouth. The whole time this was happening, wide open. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. This is like, this storyline, this whole thing, everything, should get an award. A hundred percent. I always think about it, how I think it's so such a shame that WWE doesn't, I guess, submit uh, video work for awards like i don't know if it's an ego like an ego thing because maybe i think originally it was the whole thing where it's like vince didn't want to 
admit that it wasn't uh, scripted, I guess. Yeah, I don't like. I feel like it's very unfortunate that he does that because the production work and everything and the rest. And it never makes sense because if you go back and watch uh, Beyond the Mat, he's doing, he's eating his his little tuna fish sandwich, and takes a swig of water. We make movies, pal. Yeah, I don't. I'm, you know, not a fan of that part, but. What do you mean? That's what he makes. We make movies. So well, it's I, mean, like I mean, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of them. Uh, not submitting anything for. Oh, you're award. not a fan of that. Okay, I thought you were saying you weren't a fan of Beyond the Mat. I was like, no. I mean, I have that VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. I, I think that they definitely deserve an award. Uh, something I didn't like with this match, though, during that entire exchange with Reigns and the Usos, there was way. Too many production video cuts. I didn't even notice. Way, way too many. Where if you watch it back and you actually know to look at, to pay attention to the video cuts instead of the wrestling, it is so distracting and awful. That's one thing I really don't like about, I guess, wrestling in general. Uh, when it's televised, uh, televised, is it seems like they have so many unnecessary video uh, cuts where if you give me that full uh, hard cam side and nothing else during or even just one other view of like Matt's side. What are you kidding me though? <laughs> like I understand not having super cuts or whatever, so many cuts, but like maybe okay, just maybe one view, like as if you're watching a, a live event. I don't know about that. I mean, I would I would be okay with it, but I mean, I mean, of course there's stuff during the match that you do need multiple cuts but i feel like something like this you didn't need as many video cuts and yeah that's one thing i would definitely reduce is video cuts but this match was awesome the exchange after was great um bloodline bloodline's in trouble bloodline is in trouble but we're gonna see how that plays out everything at night of champions as we move on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which kicked off with Seth Rollins, who came out through the crowd, kind of S.H.I.E.L.D.-esque, maybe a little shout-out to the S.H.I.E.L.D. members, I don't know. But he had tons of pyro. He had streamers, like uh, maybe a shout-out to Ring of Honor, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he did have that. I thought it was pretty cool, but... He ended up saying that Monday Night Raw has a champion who wants to and will be there and is ready for any sort of fight every single week. Gets interrupted by AJ Styles from SmackDown who said that he couldn't resist going to Monday Night Raw to just congratulate Seth Rollins. And then he said that he doesn't think Seth Rollins deserves anything when everyone's chanting, you deserve it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you don't deserve anything. You earned it. That's why you have what you have. You earned it. So Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, they have a, a handshake. And the Judgment Day interrupted. And Damian Priest said that with the bloodline imploding, they run WWE. And Finn Balor spoke about beating the tag team champions. Then Rhea Ripley said one of them will take the title from Seth Rollins. And it led to a challenge which we go backstage. I'm very happy that Adam Pierce 
spoke about the draft and how it goes against everything that they're trying to do. I believe AJ Styles mentioned it in his promo as well. But it sets up the main event for Monday Night Raw. And everyone I know on Twitter is like, oh gosh, darn it, how dare they? He's on SmackDown, how blah, blah, blah. But they mentioned it. And Adam Pearce went to the higher-ups and everything was worked out. So I'm fine if they do stuff like that. First match of Monday Night Raw, though, saw Ricochet pick up the victory over The Miz to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Miz pulling out some moves that we don't normally see. I know we have seen him do stuff in the past, but he pulled out a Hurricane Rana. He pulled out that springboard. I figured that it was going to be Ricochet that was going to win this, though. So maybe we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll see some like last minute qualifiers, like uh, not a last minute, a last chance sort of thing. And Miz gets in it as well, but I don't know. After that, Trish Stratus came out. Some really good heat here. And she spoke about beating Becky Lynch. She had a huge bruise on her face from from Night of Champions. But then she introduced Zoe Stark. And like I said before, this is a really good thing for Zoe Stark. And then Becky Lynch showed up and said that she'll ruin Zoe Stark's life. And then she she, uh, kind of suggested for their match to continue right then and there. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus and... Zoe went after Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch took her out temporarily, but then Trish and and Zoe Stark beat down Becky Lynch. Who's coming to Becky Lynch's aid? I have to assume it's going to be Lita. I have to assume we're going to be seeing Becky Lynch and Lita versus Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark at some point. After that, we saw Indashir defeat Javier Bernal and somebody else who looked like Matt Hardy in 1998. <laughs> I don't know who it was. They I, they never said his name. I just knew Big Body Javi. But Indashir attacked them beforehand. That's really all you need to know about that. So they're with this, they're clearly using the lower card of NXT as enhancement talent now. So I think that's interesting. They did it with Yulisa Leone and Valentina Ferois. So we'll see what happens with that. Indashir comes off with that, that dominant victory. We saw Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out. And Sami said that he was super happy that the bloodline's crumbling. And Roman is basically getting what he deserves. And then Imperium interrupted that. Kaiser said that their victory was not more impressive than Gunther's victory at Night of Champions. Alpha Academy interrupted with like the longest shoosh ever. The Spanish commentary team kind of went semi-viral this week for that. I thought that was pretty funny. But Maxine is in full Alpha Academy gear, so I thought this was a, a really fun segment. It led to Imperium picking up the victory over Alpha Academy, which you had to assume was going to happen. But Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did commentary for this match, and it was super fun to have them on commentary. Valhalla came out at one point and chased Maxine off. I honestly just wish this match was longer just because commentary was, like I said, so much fun. After this, we saw the Horsewomen pick up the victory over Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi Blackheart, Damage Control, as well as Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville to become the new women's tag team champions. 
I thought there was a good backstage segment with Damage Control and Raquel and Shotzi beforehand. And overall, I thought this match was decent. I liked when Bailey tagged Chelsea in, but she didn't want to be in the match. So she tried to tag out and nobody was like wanting to tag in or whatever. I thought that was a funny spot for Chelsea, but it was definitely hard to remember who was legal at times in this match. And I don't want to call it miscommunications or whatnot because it was kind of due to other people in the match, but Chelsea and Sonya Deville had some like errors that they made here, which um, I, I still, it works for them as a tag team for where their characters are right now. But I did think for a moment they were going to pick up the the victory here and become the new tag team champions. But uh, that didn't happen. I thought we were going to see more miscommunication spots from Bailey and Io because of what's been happening with them. But maybe with Dakota Kai's injury, they've put like a pause on that maybe. But I think the horsewomen winning this will give them something out of the main event like I said a few weeks ago, I'm all for this. So, I mean, Shayna Baszler is now a three-time tag team champion. Ronda Rousey is now a triple crown winner. I'm all for the horsewomen not being, well, I'm all for Ronda Rousey not being in the main event. And if this gets them as close to the main event as possible with not being in the main event, I'm fine with that. After that, J.D. McDonough versus Dolph Ziggler ended in a double countout. McDonough, they brawled outside of the ring. He kept up the attack afterwards, and I thought this was a qualifier for the Money in the Bank match, but it's not. It wasn't. Uh, We saw Cody Rhodes come out and spoke about not tapping out at Night of Champions because that's not the man he wants to be. And then he quoted John Cena's Never Give Up, and he left Brock with an open challenge. He said Brock is beast enough to break his arm, but not man enough to make him tap. And then continued to bait Brock Lesnar. So where this goes, I don't know, but I can't really picture a third match. It can happen to Money in the Bank in my fantasy because it has to be Cody winning the Money in the Bank. So maybe it'll happen on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. I don't know. After that, Matt Riddle was backstage, interviewed and asked about the Money in the Bank. But Gunter interrupted and said that he hopes Matt Riddle wins and cashes in on him, which I like that aspect of because we saw Austin Theory cash in for the United States Championship. So now we're kind of on even playing field when it comes to what titles will be cashed in on. Gunter is a super built up champion right now. He's like under 100 days shy of of breaking, I think, Honky Tonk Man's record, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a pretty big thing for Gunter. So to have him come up and be like, oh, I hope you win the money in the bank and I hope you cash in on me. I think that's a good thing. After that, Shinsuke Nakamura picked up the victory over Bronson Reed to qualify for the money in the bank ladder match, which was tough for me to... See, because I wanted both of them in that match. I had the feeling that Nakamura was going to be the one winning this, but when Bronson Reed rolled out of the ring after the Kinshasa, I thought Reed had a chance. But he beat the 10 count, rolled back in. 
and got rocked, beyond rocked in the face with a Kinshasa. So it's unfortunate that Reed isn't also in that Money in the Bank ladder match because I think he would have been really good in that match. But like I said with Miz, maybe there's going to be some sort of second chance match where he'll, he'll get in. Um, and I no offense to Miz, I would much rather have Bronson Reed than the Miz in that match. Uh, they aired video packages for Caden Carter and Katana Chance in, throughout the night for them and Candice LeRae. So that keeps them on TV. And then the main event saw Seth Rollins and AJ Styles pick up the victory over the Judgment Day, which was teased throughout the night which members of the Judgment Day would be in it. And I really wanted it to be Rhea Ripley. But Damian Priest and Finn Balor ended up being the ones in the match. They teased right before the match, Dominic being in it. But Finn Balor ended up attacking Seth Rollins to start the match. But this match, I thought was pretty good. Random, but it was pretty good. And hopefully we don't get too many more times where we see some somebody from one brand show up on the opposite brand with no meaning. I do feel like this had meaning where AJ was like, you fought such a hard fight. I need to congratulate you in person. So it was acknowledged. I'm fine with it. After Rhea Ripley and Dominic were ejected from ringside, I pictured maybe a potential new member of Judgment Day showing up. But that didn't happen. I did like Seth Rollins hitting Damian Priest with the stomp to break up that pinfall. But he hit another one after AJ Styles tagged out and picked up the victory. And I feel like this episode of Monday Night Raw flew by. And Seth, he won the match. He should have been the person to win the match. I thought it was a great first start to his championship. But that was Monday Night Raw moving over to NXT Battleground. That took place in Lowell, Massachusetts at the Sangas Center. Um... Kicked off with Wes Lee picking up the victory over Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy to retain the North American Championship hot open. Yeah, I think that out of every... Uh, you know what? I think that this was a, was a solid open, and, and when you look at the card, really, anything could have opened. Like, the, yeah. like every single match is that uh, attention drawer. drawer uh, well, I, where... I wouldn't say any match could have, but... Because I do feel for like... For the most part, I, I think that for I the do, most part... I do think match. that Gallus and the Creeds lacked a little bit, but... Yeah, that's actually the one that I was looking at where it could be debatable, but everything else I think could have uh, done that. I but like the, Wesley... the spot in this match where both Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy went for their own springboard moves to hit Wesley with. Yeah. And Lee moved and they ended up hitting each other. Yeah, it was a cool but... spot. But we went to go see, well, we went to go see. Joe Gacy went to do that move again later on, and Wes Lee was able to hit his springboard to to counter that and pick up that victory. Yeah. And Wes Lee is now the most successful, he has the most successful title defenses of the North American Championship out of any champion. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. You know. But next up, you had Noam Dar pick up the victory over Dragon Lee to retain the NXT UK Heritage Cup. This match 
was awesome. We saw, by the way, last week we spoke about it. Noam Dar asked Aura Mensa to be in his corner, and Mensa kind of said no. Earlier in the night on the kickoff show, I think it was, he asked Mensa again, and Mensa kind of left it up in the air. And after round one, we saw Mensa make his way out to help be his be his corner guy for this match. Yeah. But Noam Dar ended up getting the first fall in round two. And in, what was it, after the third round, Noam Dar knocked Dragon Lee and the referee, I guess, used his referee's discretion because Noam Dar claimed he didn't hear the bell. That technically should have been a DQ. Uh-huh. To tie it up, but that didn't happen. But Mensa actually went and helped Noam Dar at one point get that rope break. And Tyler Bate, not Tyler Bate, Nathan Fraser was was furious over that and went over and pushed him. And then Mensa, I guess, at that moment, turned heel and attacked him. Yeah. So even though Dragon Lee was able to tie it up right after that spot, the round ends and we saw Nathan Fraser and Oro Mensa brawl and the referee kicked both of them from ringside. I, I thought that was uh, uh, an interesting moment of that match. Yeah, that was a huge moment in the match. Uh, something that made me cringe, though, during this match. I hope you're talking about what I'm thinking. Yeah. That move where Dragon Lee went flying towards Noam Dar while he was on the apron and Noam that Dar Hurricane Rana. Yeah, that like I mean, at the time it wasn't Hurricane Rana. It was I don't just... know if that spot was supposed to be that spot. Like it that's, was that's what I thought. Noam too. Dar seemingly reversed a Hurricane Rana from Dragon Lee over the top rope. Yes. But he did it by like power bombing him onto the apron. So I don't know if that was supposed to happen, but it looked super brutal. Yeah, I mean, he bar- he didn't even really get the apron, Dragon Lee, on that, that spot. It was really just, it, it, it looked really stiff of him dropping him, uh, so to say. And this was a spot that I could definitely do without which, but, I mean, maybe he was trying to go for the Hurricanrana. I don't know, but. And I'm, I'm very happy that Noam Dar retained. We did see Jakara Jackson and Lash Legend come out. Yeah, huge, uh, I guess, assistance from them. And Lash Legend hitting uh, Noam Dar with the trash no, Wesley. can. Wesley. Not Wesley. No, Jeez, Dragon uh, Yeah, Lee. Dragon Lee. <laughs> <laughs> with yeah, a trash hitting, can. Hit... It was the spit bucket, brother. Oh, the spit bucket. Yeah. <laughs> with it, but know? yeah, and it's like we, we might not know on TV. We might not know Jakara Jackson, but they've been uh, teaming up on Level Up. And we have seen Noam Dar here and there backstage with both of them to lead to this, I guess. But Noam Dar, after that bucket hit, we saw him hit the Nova Roller and picked up that victory. And it we we see Noam Dar has himself a new group. Yeah, celebration time. Oro Mensa, you know, Jakara but... Jackson, and Lash Legend. And this gives everybody... I mean, Mensa, I think, is a fantastic talent. He's been sitting... Doing literally nothing. Yeah, just sitting there. But I had a, a, a moment where I popped big time after the match where Lash Legend, as if she was Macho Man, <laughs> lifted up Noam Dar like Elizabeth. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, I think that was fantastic. Off. That that ending to me reminded me a little bit of Zoe Stark 
and Trish Stratus because it was so unexpected. Okay. So yeah, I, I thought that, that was well done. Yeah. Next up, something else that was well done was this entire matchup. Dragunov <laughs> picking up the victory over Dijak in the last man standing match. I mean, they, can we say maybe match of the year? They picked apart each other and used every single damn weapon they could have. Would you say that though? I would put it up there. This like there. if I you don't this... have this, if you don't have this match at a five star or or really really close to it, I don't get your rating system because it was it was fantastic. We obviously knew that this was going to be a hard hitting match, yeah. But they were doing stuff dragging off. Ran through a table to take Dijak out. I thought that was crazy. Even the the you said they were using all those weapons. They they had two back to back spots with the ring steps where it was like um, I don't even know how to describe it. Where they held onto the rope and he like flicked them off onto the steps. Yeah, and then they they did the slam onto the the steps too. I thought that was just so so well done. And then all also they had the the coast to coast that Dragonoff hit. Uh-huh. With the steps. It was just so good. And then the kendo stick shots by Dijak were absolutely brutal. I, I can't say enough good things about this match. Yeah, I I agree with you. This was just unbelievable. I would really like to see this happen again with Gunter somewhere down the line, make it like a triple threat. Obviously, like months, years maybe. I don't even know. I would like to see that. We, I mean, we've seen Gunter and Ilya Dragunov tear it up before multiple yeah. times, and they've killed it. So, with these two killing it the way they killed it, I would, I would really like to see Gunter included. I yeah. thought that would be cool. I agree with you. After that, we had a Chase U segment where Duke Hudson brought in Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey to teach catch wrestling to the class, and they used Thea Hale as an example of what not to do in the ring. And she got upset and left. And then Duke Hudson ended up standing up for her and the students. And I guess that'll set something up to happen. Uh, Yeah, I guess time's going to tell with it, you know. That's for yeah. sure. But we did see Gallus pick up the victory over the Creeds to retain the NXT Tag Team Championships. I think win or lose here. The Creeds are fantastic athletes. I know you've not been super keen on them, but yeah, I think the the stuff that they did, like back to back to back in this match, I thought was was really well done. And like I said before, it wasn't like a super hot match, but I I I think it would be tough to follow Dragon Off and Dijak. Yeah, and it wasn't a bad match, but. It just wasn't what I was expecting it to be. Uh-huh. We did see Ava come out and brawl with Ivy Nile, and then Gallus was able to take advantage of that and pick up the victory. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw Anonymous, and she spoke saying that she'll reveal herself on Tuesday. So I'll get into that in a bit. Um... Match after that, though, we saw Tiffany Stratton pick up the victory over Lyra Valkyria to become the new NXT Women's Champion. I mean, totally deserving. Yeah, I mean, either of them would have been a fantastic champion. I still believe that Lyra Valkyria should have been NXT UK Women's Champion, and maybe had she not gotten injured, she she could have been champion over there. I'm not sure, but... This match I thought was really well done. I thought the the stuff at the the 
towards the beginning they were doing like counter for counter. Uh-huh. And I thought that was really well done and we got like a somewhat of a, like a unique pin from Valkyria during that which had me thinking like, "Hmm, I feel like I would like to see her join Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak because Drew Gulak's got a, a lot of unique pins." Yeah. So I think I don't want to cuz it it's tough to to want to see her be a heel because of her character and everything, but I think uh-huh because Drew Gulak has a maybe a similar move set. Obviously she dives off the top rope, but yeah. Similar uh technical style ability. I no. think it would be cool to see them together, but Tiffany I agree. Stratton I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, Tiffany Stratton ended up working Lyra Valkyria's knee throughout the match. And I thought she was very impressive in this match. She had the the very first time we saw her on TV, I had already seen stuff, I believe, from Level Up. And maybe even 205 Live at that point. I'm not 100% sure. But people were saying how, like, trash she was. And we spoke. It was um, like, I think yeah, with her match it's... with EO or whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. Just give it time. We've seen more. I've seen more from her already. It was like her first match. Maybe that was her second match or whatever. And then to see her go from that to this and people complete 180 on on how they feel about Tiffany Stratton. Yeah, I mean... In such a short time, I think she's proven to be that future. Yeah, I think that she really changed a lot of people's personal uh, uh, thoughts on her, especially after that interview with what was it uh busted open right busted open where she pretty she pretty much said that she still has a lot of work to do and everything i think her admitting what she has left to be done really changed a lot of perspectives on her and the crowd popped big time when she won yeah i saw ww release the video clip of her and Shawn michaels her thanking sean and sean congratulating her yeah it was cool and then the main event of NXT Battleground saw Carmelo Hayes pick up the victory over Braun Breaker to retain the NXT Championship. We saw Carmelo Hayes earlier. Uh, they, they, he signed the big green in uh, at Fenway. Yeah. I thought it was cool that they did. They showed like them touring Fenway and stuff. Yeah. But uh, Carmelo Hayes started this match off super hot. And this... I. I thought that this was just awesome. I like Braun Breaker's entrance, his mask and everything. I don't know if I like that mask. That was a, that was a bit weird. It, okay. It was definitely... It's weird because, like, he's like the, I guess, the, the new dog face gremlin, but that was kind of a wolf. Yeah, I definitely saw a wolf. And, and I, I didn't think even commentary think, called I, him a lone wolf. I didn't even think about the wolf part. I mean, maybe he's not going for dog face gremlin. Well, I think commentary called him the Lone Wolf or something like that. Well, that's very that's good because that's a unique nickname that we've never heard before. <laughs> so it's really good like, that they're using that on like NXT. it doesn't. I'm almost certain I heard them say the Lone Wolf, and it's like, are you sure about that? Because like we had that already, <laughs> and he's even done interviews recently saying he'd like to get back to that. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, so Carmelo Hayes started off super hot, which didn't really last that long because they went back and forth between each other. But Carmelo had some really nice reversals in that match. 
the the spear that Braun Breaker hit when Carmelo Hayes went for that springboard, I thought was a really nice spear. I mentioned it the other week that because we saw Carmelo Hayes go for a springboard and Braun Breaker took him out, that maybe he would maybe modify his moveset because of what we saw in that TV segment. But he didn't do that, and here he got taken out with that spear. So I thought that was an interesting thing that maybe he should have looked back at that moment on, on NXT TV and realized, oh, don't do springboards against Braun Breaker like that. But I can't even say that because then he went on to hit that springboard DDT. Yeah, he and then and then that nothing but net to pick up the victory there. So no. it's like I guess a fifty fifty. You have to weigh it out. Like yes, I got speared, but yes, also it led to the end of the match where I won. Uh huh. But I thought it was a very well done match. Uh, again, nothing was topping Dragonoff and Dijak for me. Uh yeah. I but, think that Dragonoff and Dijak really uh, just nailed it, you know? But I was waiting for something else to happen when that copyright and trademark thing came up. Uh-huh. Because I just, I don't trust NXT. I don't trust it in NXT. Okay. But nothing happened, so. <laughs> I know. I blame, I, I blame who is it, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for that? Uh, I mean, I think predominantly it was... Uh, I feel like predominantly it was the whole Johnny Gargano and Champa thing. Ah, uh, yeah, them too. Them but too. yeah, Battleground I think was a very well done premium live event. They announced the Great American Bash is is returning on July thirtieth. It's a Sunday, so we're getting another Sunday NXT event that's in Texas, I believe at the H E B Center. Hmm. So I would love to see NXT come back to New York. Yeah, that would be exciting. Back to Brooklyn, New York mayhem, New York uh, breakdown, something, anything. You know, one of the best uh, places to do an NXT event. Where? Brooklyn. I would prefer to not go to Barclays. I would prefer to be at Madison Square Garden, obviously. I don't know how they would... Would... Obviously, I mean they're selling venues for like five k. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to go to Brooklyn. You wouldn't want to go to the Garden or something. Uh huh. Technically, I mean, there's less seats there. You could do, nah, because there's not even like production. I mean, they do. They could do set up because they have boxing and everything, and they have the the triple A event at the theater at Madison Square Garden. Uh huh. I think that's a lot less than 5K, but I would just like to see NXT back in New York, so. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be, yeah. But be nice. that's NXT Battleground moving over to NXT. Gigi Dolan picked up the victory over JC Jane in a weaponized steel cage match to kick off the show. JC attacked Gigi Dolan during her entrance, but once they got in the ring, they brawled. We saw Gigi with a thorn-covered bat like a rose, which I don't know if I would have uh, noticed had commentary not mentioned it. But I like the use of the bat. I like the use of the chairs, the weapons. Um, I would have liked even more brutality here, but again, I thought this match was really good. Gigi Dolan chokeslammed JC Jane off the top rope through a table and then pinned her to pick up that victory. So all in all... 
I enjoyed this match. Weaponized steel cages should be in the video games by now. So it's a shame they're not. After that, we saw Axiom sitting in the locker room and Scripps interrupted. And he brought up how Reggie is his name, but growing up, his people called him Scripps. So at least they acknowledge that he is Reggie. But he thanked him for taking his mask off. And he knew that he had to make this save for for Axiom last week with Dabakato because Axiom saved him by doing by taking his mask off. Earlier in the night we saw Cora Jade complaining that she should be women's champion. Ivy Nile interrupted and Jade made fun of the Creeds for losing, but Ivy was able to clap back by saying at least they were on the show. And then also earlier in the night we saw Wesley interviewed where he was interrupted by the dyad. Tyler Bate backed him up. The setup was like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to me. I thought that was funny. But we move on to the match where we see Tyler Bate and Wesley pick up the victory over the Dyad. And it's nice seeing the Dyad in this match like weekly on TV. It's going to suck if they actually do leave when their contracts are up. But we saw Mustafa Ali show up during this match. And it came to a standstill for a moment. But it continued after the commercial break. Mustafa Ali sat down on commentary and explained that he's there because he's a free agent. He's able to show up. He's able to show up anywhere he wants, and he wants to be champion. During this match, though, we saw Ivy Nile attack Ava. The Creeds attacked the Dyad uh, afterwards, not during the match. But Joe Gacy showed up and attacked Wesley. And it was Mustafa Ali that made the save. So I enjoyed that match. I wish it was longer. I was very surprised that Mustafa Ali showed up. And I'm intrigued to see where this goes. After this, we saw Chase U working in the ring with students was Drew Gulak uh, and Charlie Dempsey. And then Duke spoke to Thea Hale and she was like super focused on Drew Gulak and said that she never wants to feel the way they made her feel last week. And she wants to prove that. So Duke sent her into the ring and that was the end of that for, for this week. We saw the Tiffany Stratton celebration for her championship and she said that she is what she thinks a champion is and what she thinks a WWE superstar is. And then she invited the whole women's locker room out so they could recognize her as such. And nobody, nobody showed up at first. But then she brought up that she'll be challenging. She'll announce who she's, uh, who her next challenger will be. And then they came out and she said that they're, they're all going to get a chance. A goddamn number one contender battle royal next week, which I just want to like shake. I hate battle royals at this point. And I don't think this was a super strong promo from Tiffany Stratton, which was unfortunate. But we saw Thea Hale jump in. Roxanne Perez jumped in, a few others jumped in, just all leading to the Battle Royal next week and sets up who will be the number one contender. And at this moment, I really can't picture anybody being number one contender. So after that, though, Danny Palmer stayed in the ring to call out Anonymous, who turned out to be Blair Davenport. I don't think it was much of a surprise I did go from thinking maybe it was hard to, I don't know, maybe some it'll be a big reveal or something. No offense to Blair Davenport, I don't think it was a big reveal. It, It's just not. 
we've seen her in NXT before. So it's like when Shawn Michaels, somebody asked her, I think about somebody asked Shawn Michaels about Blair Davenport and he said something like, Oh, she decided not to show up or whatever. Like she's like, she's, she did decided to not move over here or something like that where it's like, what do you mean? We've seen her. There's no way she's not showing up in NXT. So we knew she was out. We knew she'd eventually return. This is where it seemed like she would be. And it is. So earlier in the night, we saw Tony D'Angelo get his mug shots taken. And then we saw Gallus speaking about winning at Battleground and basically said nobody could stop them. And Wolfgang brought up Tony D'Angelo being arrested. And Stax came by to accuse them of ratting on him. And then they jumped him. Uh, or, I mean, he tried to jump them, but ultimately... They jumped him. And then we saw Joe Coffey pick up the victory over Stax, which I thought was a decent match, but I really feel like we could have done without this on NXT this week. I did like that even though Stax slipped on the top rope, that him and Joe were like, it didn't look like it was a botch or anything because they were just able to complete the spot. So I thought that was good. But I did think Stax had a chance to win, but I was wrong. But fantastic use of Gallus since returning. They've been on just like the Dyad. Both both teams got big time screwed out of being in 2K23. And that's uh, very stupid, unfortunate for years now. It makes no sense. Von Wagner, by the way, also got screwed out of being in 2K23. But him and Robert Stone, they aired a video from last week of Robert Stone yelling at Von Wagner for getting DQ'd against Luca Cristofino, whatever his name is. And Robert Stone said that it could affect his free agency. And he also suggested that Von Wagner maybe talk to a therapist. So I'm sure we'll see some sort of segments with that next week. They aired a video package for Ilya Dragunov where it's him talking to his son on the phone and him talking about the pain. And they announced that he'll be back on NXT TV next week. We saw Cora Jade pick up the victory over Ivy Nile. And throughout the night, the fans, throughout the match, I should say, the fans were chanting for Cora Jade. Commentary was painting her as like a complainer, which is something we've seen from her recently, including even the stuff from from earlier in the night where she was complaining that she wasn't women's champion. But we saw Ava attack Ivy Nile in this match. But by the time the referee saw it, it was Ivy choking out Ava. Jade took advantage of that and hit her finisher, picked up the victory. But it led to a challenge for next week where Ava, I guess uh, Ivy wants Ava and the Creed's also challenged the Dyad. So I'm sure we'll see that match take place. Those matches take place. Uh, Backstage, we saw Hank and Tank putting each other over. They both picked Chicken Parm. As their favorite food, which chicken parm is fantastic. I'm glad I get to mention it on this show. But Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade interrupted them to kind of doubt their friendship. And they're like, oh, we can do it. But when they tried, they kept getting the wrong answers. So maybe we'll see that turn into a match or something. Uh, but earlier in the night, we saw Carmelo Hayes, his championship celebration, which was cut off by Noam Dar and Noam Dar's new group. And Noam Dar brought up how he successfully defending the, defended the cup while Carmelo Hayes was barely able to beat Braun Breaker. 
And then Trick Williams said that it was thanks to everybody else that Noam Dar was able to win. Carmelo said that even though Noam Dar was able to beat Dragon Lee twice, he could probably beat him. He probably can't beat him once. And then Dar told Carmelo to put the title on the line against him that night. Trick cut it off and he's like, no, 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 no. But then Dar goaded Carmelo and Melo accepted. Later on backstage, it kind of seemed like Noam Dar and his group kind of maybe tried to recruit Trick, but Trick wasn't having it. We go to the main event. Carmelo Hayes picks up the victory over Noam Dar to retain the NXT Championship. Fun match. I'm glad Noam Dar was in the main event. We saw Noam Dar's group distract Carmelo Hayes a bit. We saw Trick Williams deck Oro Mensa. And then Trick was the one that got ejected from ringside. It's an interesting call by the referee to not kick everyone from ringside. But they got involved later on. But that time we saw Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee come out, take out Oro Mensa. And then Carmelo Hayes hit nothing but net and picked up that victory. And I like after he won, he kind of gave like a wink and a nod towards Fraser and Dragon Lee to like thank them for helping, I guess. But that's not even the end of NXT. Because just like with the copyright trademark bumper, I, I said it before, I don't trust it with NXT. And wouldn't you know, Carmelo Hayes is up at the, the entranceway celebrating his victory. Boom, gets attacked. It's Baron Corbin. He wants the title. I don't think he'll win the title from Carmelo Hayes, but I would love for him to win the title at some point. I popped big time for that. I thought that was awesome. And people were like, oh, how dare they have what's uh, Baron Corbin and Mustafa Ali showing up, blah, blah, blah. Corbin, free agent. Mustafa Ali, free agent. I'm liking this free agency thing big time. And uh, this episode of NXT, they packed a lot into it. So, even though I don't think they needed that match with uh, Joe Coffey and Stax, it was a, a stacked, no pun intended, stacked show. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Baron Corbin and Mustafa Ali in NXT. And going to move over to SmackDown. But before I even talk about SmackDown, I got to mention how everything was completely debunked about Seth Rollins having to leave early to film Captain America at Night of Champions, but we recorded way earlier in the week, so just disregard all that talk, but I still wouldn't fault him if he had to leave early for that, but also the ending of Night of Champions, I think, proved why Seth and AJ Styles went on first, but SmackDown this week opened up with a video package to celebrate Roman Reigns' 1,000-day reign, and put over how many, or not put over, but showed how many other champions he surpassed. Not just WWE Championship, not just Universal Championship. There was WCW, uh, I guess technically NWA. But um, SmackDown's opening segment, we saw Austin Theory come out, put Roman Reigns over, then heavily put himself over. He brought out Pretty Deadly. I think this was a new theme song for them. I'm not sure if they've used it previously or not, but it was new to me. But 
they were cut off by the Brawling Brutes and it led to a match where Austin Theory and Pretty Deadly picked up the victory over the Brawling Brutes. We saw the Brutes obviously aggressive here. Austin Theory was cheap. I liked during the match the visual of the the three of them each hitting the white noise on Pretty Deadly and Austin Theory. I thought that was nice. Sheamus rocked Austin Theory with a bro kick at one point, but Pretty Deadly dragged him out of the ring. Uh, we saw an interesting powerbomb spot where Ridge held up uh, one of the members of Pretty Deadly and then Butch dropped him, kind of like a heart attack-esque move. I like that. But I thought both teams here worked very well together. Pretty Deadly kind of used twin magic in the end to gain the upper hand. They hit spilt milk, and then Austin Theory was able to pick up that victory. After that, we saw AJ, uh, not AJ Styles, the OC picked up the victory over Hit Row. Hit Row released a diss track earlier in the day for the OC, and AJ Styles popped me big time here because on Twitter, he quote tweeted it, and he was just like, okay, and I thought that was so funny, but the actual match... I think it was obvious that the OC would win this. But we also saw Top Dollar attack them afterwards. And AJ Styles ended the segment with the phenomenal forearm on Top Dollar. And then Michael Cole tried to rap, which <laughs> I thought was funny as well. We had the Grayson Waller effect with Asuka as the guest, the new Raw Women's Champion. EO came out. And argued with Asuka and then Bailey showed up to translate for EO and mentioned how they're both going to go and qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And then one of them will beat Asuka for it. Shotzi came out. Lacey Evans came out. Zelina Vega came out. And at the end of this segment, we saw Asuka at the top of the ramp saying, nobody's ready for Asuka. And Bianca Belair attacked Asuka from behind. So that's not over yet. But it leads into Zelina Vega picking up the victory over Lacey Evans to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Lacey Evans clocked Zelina with the woman's right during the commercial break. And that's really all you have to mention from this match. Zelina was, was, or Lacey Evans controlled the majority of this match. And Zelina had that quick comeback with the, the Code Red to pick up that victory. We saw... Cameron Grimes backstage questioning Adam Pierce about where uh, Baron Corbin is. Pierce said the next time we see Corbin, it'll be on NXT next week. Will Cameron Grimes show up? Probably not, but who knows? He wants to he wants Corbin the next time Corbin's on SmackDown. We saw LA Knight pick up the victory over Montez Ford to qualify for the money in the bank ladder match. LA Knight was super over here, way more than Montez Ford. I thought the the match was decent. It's a shame that both of them can't be in the the Money in the Bank match because I think both of them would do well in it. But LA Knight went for a top rope springboard moonsault in this. He was unsuccessful, but I thought it was cool to see. I thought the very ending with Montez Ford doing that roll-up, I thought he was going to pick up that victory, but... LA Knight reversed it at the very last second and grabbed the rope to pick up the victory and then climbed a ladder to pose and show what can be. So I I like that. 
We saw a video package air for Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. It was uh, beyond creepy, like the the Bray, kind of like Bray Wyatt, I guess, but it was very creepy. And I'm not saying they were associated with Bray Wyatt or anything. It was just reminding me of something creepy that he would have. After that, the 1,000-day celebration for Roman Reigns. Earlier in the night, Paul Heyman spoke to Solo Sokoa, and he wanted to make sure that the Usos were not welcomed at SmackDown. He went to go speak to Adam Pearce, and Adam Pearce told Paul Heyman that the Usos had their travel canceled. Uh, He beefed up security. In case they do show up, we saw Triple H show up, and he had the pedestal in the ring, welcomed Roman Reigns after hyping him up, and presented Roman Reigns with a brand new design for the WWE Undisputed Championship. It's uh, the the WWE Championship, but gold, and kind of looks like it should be a spinner title, but it's not. But I don't know if it just now, the, the the two days the two different title reigns continue to grow or if this is a brand new like title reign I'm not sure I would assume that it's still like the two separate reigns though but the Usos came out only because we've we've had the WWE Undisputed Championship and it was the two titles and the two the two different reigns of the WWE Championship and the Undisputed Championship uh Universal Championship I mean but uh, the Usos came out, so we didn't really see beefed up security at all. I don't know what Adam Pierce was talking about, but Roman Reigns basically just tried to get Jey Uso to super kick Jimmy because that's what Jimmy did to him, and Jay was pacing back and forth. He didn't do it. Jimmy looked like a goddamn main event star here. Got into Roman Reigns' face, and we eventually saw Roman Reigns ask Solo Sokoa, Basically what side he's on. And Solo acknowledged Roman Reigns, but he said, they're my brothers. And he walks to their side. The fans go go nuts. And Jay ends up getting in between Roman Reigns and Jimmy Uso. Again, to like ease tensions. And Jimmy accepted that. He was like, oh, we're stronger together as the bloodline. Let's Let's get over this basically... Him and Roman Reigns hugged, and then Roman Reigns said no to them being together, I guess, and being the bloodline. And Solo Sokoa ends up hitting the spike on on Jimmy, and Roman Reigns, at the end of SmackDown, Paul Heyman, what, what about Jay? Oh, he'll fall in line. So it's clearly building to Solo and Roman Reigns versus the Usos, and I think Soon we'll have to at least see Rikishi. But I think we need to see Rikishi. I'd like to see Samu. I would like to see the Wild Samoans involved in this storyline. Fantastic ending to SmackDown. Like, really, really good ending. But that's SmackDown. Hey, Chris. Got a match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week was from Double or Nothing. Obviously, um, a match that I don't think we were hyped up about that much going into it, but delivered was the uh, AEW World Championship match. MJF successfully defending against Jungle Boy and Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. 
Uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great match. And as we spoke about, too, you know, that there from Statlander there and up, uh, you know, kind of made that entire card. So, uh, also, check I could out. swear that they announced that that match was closing the show. And <laughs> afterwards at the media scrum, when MJF was like, why would I want to roll around in John Moxley's blood? I thought I'm that good. Was hilarious. Yeah. It was so good. It was so good. Um, but, and that's it. So, um, by the way, I just want to say Bleach Report sucks yeah of course because so i have a bleacher report account right on my phone i was logged into the account and i bought the thing on my phone so i can watch it you know on my computer or my tv or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like oh you can't access this because there's already an account that's accessed that has this these credentials so i had to like sign out and the uh, only way i could watch double or nothing it's so annoying it's so annoying and it's- i think at one point they were doing something for free on bleacher and i wasn't even able to watch it because it wasn't letting me like I don't know if I had to sign in or anything, but like it wasn't working on my. But I was signed in though. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, I understand that because then it's like, oh, you're sharing your password with somebody. Yeah. Whatever. But it's literally yourself. It's working. If it's working on the same Wi-Fi, that's goofy. Yeah, it's silly. I was able to project it onto my TV, which is cool, but uh, whatever. Anyway, Brandon, who you shout out? Hey, wow! This is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's shout out. From one max to another. The first shout out is going to Max because I spoke about last week about how much it sucked that they changed HBO Max to this and it didn't work. But in less than a week, they turned it around and everything works now. I had no issues the first time I signed in. So kudos to them. Me, I couldn't. It wasn't letting me do anything on Max last week. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm filling up my water cup right now. But I would say uh, 100% on Max. Watch Barry now that the entire series is over. I think it, it definitely still sucks that they didn't end up announcing AEW would be there with their pay-per-views and everything. I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I like Max a lot. I think the format of it and the and is very easy. I just watch South Park on it. <laughs> if you're looking it. for wrestling on, on Max, there it's hard to not say HBO Max. Yeah. But if you're looking for wrestling on Max, they have WWE stuff. Really? Yes, there's more WWE than anything AEW. AEW has like two episodes of Impractical Jokers. Okay. With Jericho and MJF. WWE has two Scooby-Doo movies and the Andre the Giant oh, documentary. Nice. And then they also have The Wrestler on there for a movie if you want to watch that. There's a new Gremlins cartoon for children. Gremlins used to scare me as a kid. Well, this seems to not be so... Scary? Yeah. Okay. They also have a docuseries called Smartless on the Road based on the podcast of Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, which I watched all of it and i think they're they have a really good rapport between the three of them and it's funny nice but uh that's that's one of the shout outs i know at this point it's beyond moot we spoke about it almost earlier but i'm giving an anti shout out first to ticketmaster and now that all the taylor swift concerts near us are done which you said sal's what is fiance. it Fiance went very jealous. Well, she was telling us like she got through somehow and got through on the presale. She got like a code or something like that. She Uh, said it was, it was awesome. And, but the, the best was (laughs) I said, I think I said to Dave, I'm like, Dave, I'm like Ripley. I'm like, you have to send Dave a picture so we can send it to Brandon and then kayfabe him and say like, Dave actually went to the show. That (laughs) part didn't happen. I I know because Dave's Dave wasn't there. (laughs) And he's like, I, but I knew response. I would have known Dave wasn't there. 
And it was like, must be effing nice. Dave specifically <laughs> said, I don't want to go again. He hates the fact about, he doesn't like going to concerts. He's 50-something years old already. No, he's like 87 years old, even though he's <laughs> flying across the world to, for a PT conference. Getting some good TikTok uh, content, I hope. Really? I, no, I am just seeing all the selfies. No, well, I've, I've edited some TikTok videos so far, but. Oh, edited some TikTok videos? You barely know how to use MS Paint. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean <laughs> barely? I was a genius on Microsoft Paint. I was, I was a god. I was a, a paintage. Okay, continue on your shout-outs, come on. <laughs> Ticketmaster sucks, we know that, anti-shout-out. Yes. yes, but now that all her, her concerts by us are done, I just hope that she adds another U.S. leg with dates by us and the process to get tickets is a lot easier and that I actually get a ticket because Ticketmaster, as we all know, screwed so many people in the first... I mean, even... Dude, they did random releases the week before. Or two weeks before, they did random releases the weekend of, the day of, even after the show began. And people couldn't even buy the tickets after the show began because the show already started. Ticketmaster doesn't let you buy tickets after that that point. But even though back in November, December, January, there was so much talk by the government... About Ticketmaster, I'm sure nothing's going to come of that. No, absolutely Again. not. You want to know why? Because Ticketmaster's probably padding the lope for all those politicians in there and giving them giving them Taylor Swift tickets and not Brandon. And it always happens. It always happens where they get so close and then boom, nothing. But I watched more of the MetLife shows than I have been for the other cities. And she really gave a lot to MetLife. So I'm like, <laughs> really kind of upset. Not upset, but disappointed. But uh, prior to the the shows at MetLife, she announced remixed songs with Ice Spice, who I did not know prior. Ice Spice? Ice Spice, yeah. But she ended up performing all three nights. She's apparently a a bigger deal right now in in the hip-hop community. Um, And then she had an extended song with Lana Del Rey. And then an exclusive CD for MetLife. Or starting at MetLife with with a previously unreleased track. So New York, New Jersey, I think got a lot, but I, I just hope I could somehow see that tour live eventually and screw Ticketmaster. Yep. Screw Ticketmaster. Also, uh, you mentioned it earlier. I went to actually see the Little Mermaid as well this week. Oh yeah? How was it? I thought it was really good. Okay, cool. I thought it was very, very well done. I still liked the live action Aladdin more, but this was definitely a movie I think people will enjoy. I think Halle Bailey did a very good job as Ariel. I think Melissa McCarthy absolutely captured the essence of the Ursula character that Pat Carroll put into it. So I thought that was very well done. There are some changes, but I really don't think overall it affects the feel of the movie. Like I didn't mind Scuttle being changed from a seagull to a bird that maybe spends a little bit more time under the water so they could have more with Scuttle. Nice. And I think Aquafina definitely delivers like Buddy Hackett would. So I thought that was good. And I think the new song that she does with David Diggs is uh, a very Lin Manuel Miranda sound to it, but I think it fits. And I think it, I thought, I thought the, the movie was really good. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. I'm hearing, I'm hearing great things. I, uh, 
when we were walking out of Guardians, there's a whole group of people like taking like selfies in front of like the big promotional poster for it. And I was like, oh, how's the movie? They're like, oh, if you if you want to sing, you know, you'll be singing. I went to a theater that did not have a promotional stand up. Yeah, because I know you were dying to take a picture in front of it. <laughs> Why'd you say that like Ursula? <laughs> oh, Chris Statland is facing uh, Anna Jay this weekend. It's awesome. Good for her. That should be a good. That should be a fun match. But yeah, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for Out Mark Out Moment of the Week. That is right, our Mark Out Moment of the Week. Did you watch uh, Night of Champions at all or no? Uh, I watched some of it. The main event, did you pop big time when Jimmy super kicked Roman Reigns? Um, I didn't watch the main event. Oh, I, my I God. Watched, I watched Seth and, uh, I watched Seth and uh, AJ, which is great. Congratulations to Seth Rollins. I think he, uh, you know, well-deserved, you know, the, work, I, the workhorse of uh, The Shield. Uh, John Mox is a workhorse, too. Um, but um, I, thought, I watched that. I watched some of the Cody-Brock match. Um, I watched, what else did I watch? I don't know what else I watched. Well, I, I, I pop big time at, at Jimmy hitting that super kick. Yeah, storytelling, brother. Come on. Also, uh, seeing digital renders of Alex Reynolds and Anthony Bowen's figures. Yeah, those definitely were, those are huge. The Dan Housen hook ones look phenomenal. Um, well, like, Eddie all, Kingston, not so much. Well, it, you know what it was? It's like the chains and the shirt and the hat and stuff like that. First of all, you can't license a Yankees hat. So that's that. The chains were way too big. Um, but the hook ones I liked a lot. The Wheeler Uta Blood and Guts I thought was great. Um, of all the people to get a, a Blood and Guts figure, I would never have picked Well, that was, a, that was a big moment, you'd you think, in Wheeler Uta's career so far. You know, like that turned Wheeler Uta just being like this guy that comes out with samurai music to, you know, we spoke about it earlier. Could be a pillar of this company for a very long time. And it comes with the ROH Pure Championship. Which is uh, very cool as well. Which they also, they teased the Ring of Honor figures. And they helped tease the whole Ring of Honor line. We were supposed to get that CM Punk, but I think that's, I don't know if that's coming out with that set now. Uh, I don't think, they've, they've flip-flopped those like numerous times. Um, so yeah, marked out a, about that stuff. Um, I marked out about all the Fight Forever stuff that's been coming out and the additions for the elite collection and all that stuff i'm i know you said you're not paying 70 dollars for a mobile game <sighs> certainly not paying 80 dollars either yeah no it's set for it's 70 bucks for on the deluxe uh, yeah for the elite version on, i uh, think play- that game should be like 40 tops i, uh, I with the I, with the deluxe edition and everything it looks like a 40 dollar game i i object objectively disagree with you um, I think it's great. I know it's getting a lot of rave reviews. I know there's people that have played it. Smart Mark was talking about it on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, I think, last week. He said he may or may not have played it, and it's really freaking awesome. But then there's also people who have played it and said that while it is fun to play, it might not have longevity to it. But that's any wrestling game. I like the fact I've been seeing the things of Darby Allen riding around on a skateboard, which yeah. I went freaking huge for. Um, which then leads me to a big announcement. We're bringing back the marking out Twitch, guys. We're in the game. No, we're not <laughs> in the game, but I have pre-ordered the game. The 28th, 6.30, right before AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. I'm going to do about an hour, hour and a half of some playing of AEW Fight Forever. 
on the day it comes out. So uh, where where's that Twitch? What is that Twitch link? I haven't made it yet. Oh, I thought you were going to say twitch.tv slash marking out. Yeah, twitch.tv slash marking out. There you go. Thank you. I, you know what comment. I don't understand with this game is the, the pre-order bonus. You get Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy, but why get... is Jeff Hardy just already in the game? <laughs> I, I don't because I don't get, get two, that. You get two versions of Matt Hardy. You yeah, but how is Jeff, like, wh- why wouldn't you make him also the pre-order bonus? Yeah, but then you get um, the, uh, the Hookhausen pack which i think is cool ftr's uh, that's with the the deluxe yeah yeah which 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 is what i'm i've gotten so stoked no bad it. bunny though up oh, because bad bunny is not a freaking no shaquille o'neal that would probably be a hefty price to get that in there Kyle. i wonder if uh what is his name aki man aki oh yeah aka i think some people call it aki some people call it aki i always called it aki man so i think he might actually be in it <laughs> that would be so cool i, I really think it. he's gonna be in the game Brody Lee apparently is like the un- last unlockable character, so I'm yeah. I saw that- Ref Aubrey's unlockable to play as. Yeah, so stoked about it. Really Too bad, st- like you can't have Jim Ross and. Yeah, I don't know. I, I assume know. you can't have Jim Ross. It'd be cool if you could have the commentators. Taz, he's a worker. Uh, apparently, there's no commentating during the match itself, um, oh. and like the entrances are only down the ramp it's not like going into the ring and stuff like that. yeah i saw the entrances are super short and you can control the pyro and stuff which is weird but... and you can wrestle with Arn cassidy with his pockets and his yeah that, i thought that was really cool there's like aspects of this that i think is really cool i wish when you brought up that skateboard thing i wish wwe i've been waiting for years for them to bring that back <laughs> i really i think that was like a, a cool aspect even though it didn't like always look smooth until i forget what the last game that they had it in was like you were able to, like, finally grab somebody off the motorcycle. Oh, yeah. But I thought that was cool. Like, you were able to push shopping carts at one point. You were able to push uh, uh, or use a forklift in, in the old WWE games. So I like those aspects. You were able to fly in a helicopter. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So it's awesome. I thought yeah. those were cool. I think the the one clip of Statlander flying over uh, Darby Allen in the clip I think might have been an actual glitch. Okay. I don't think she was supposed to go that high up. There, I saw like clips of her, like the not not necessarily of her. There was like clips of ladder matches where it's just like in the middle of a ladder instead of like on top of the ladder. So there's still there. I know they they announced that there's going to be a day one patch and hopefully it fixes all the the stuff like that. But yeah, we'll see. We shall see. I'm excited for it though. Uh, I marked out really hard for Chris Statlander coming back and uh, winning the TBS championship. Um, What else did I mark out about this weekend? I wrote. Uh, I saw there's a, a new season of the show. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson out and on Netflix pe- now. And it apparently Turnstile is uh, debuted a new song in the show. Oh yeah, a bunch of great. Who is music. Turnstile? Really? They're like one of the biggest rock bands in this. They're the band that's opening for Blink One Eighty Two on their tour right now. They used to be like an underground hardcore bands, and then they. I released... think we actually have this conversation. Probably. They're, <laughs> Back they're when an Blink announced bands. their tour, actually. They're an underground hardcore band. They got a lot of popularity. They signed a Roadrunner, uh, and now they're kind of like Roadrunner's cash cow because Slipknot's on there, not on there anymore. Um, but yeah, so they're blow that, on. What there's novel. that their new season of that show, but one of the the sketches has Damian Sandow in it. So I oh, popped I big that. time with that. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Um, and oh yeah, I'm just marking out because there's been a lot of new music that's been released um, because it kind of coincides with wrestling. Code Orange. They uh, did Bray Wyatt's old music. Um, they they released two new songs this week, which which crush 
and Tenacious D released a, a studio version of Wicked Games. I saw that. Oh, my God. I saw the video, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. I love Tenacious D. Uh, I saw them live at Madison Square Garden. I would have loved to have seen Tenacious D. Ah, it was so good. Yeah. By, by the way, speaking of music, I feel like I could put out the uh, the first ever unmarkout moment of the week. What? They held a press conference at Madison Square Garden this week. Oh, yeah, no. To announce Billy Joel's residency after 10 years is ending. And his last show will be his 100th, 150th overall show at Madison Square Garden. It's July 2024, which I actually saw Billy Joel <laughs> at Madison Square Garden 13 times during that run. Jesus. In that 10 years, yeah. <laughs> Including I went to his overall uh, 100th show, so I thought that was cool. But I went with I went with family, friends. I went by myself. I spent two birthdays at those Billy Joel concerts. So it just sucks that it's it's ending, and I really don't think we'll we'll see something like that ever again. No, absolutely not. And for years that I've been saying this, since I knew Billy Joel was like a, a franchise, they, uh, it's funny because they leave now. They have to leave the uh, the liberty off the the announcement when they when they talk about this because they're no longer a franchise of the Garden, but. When they announced Billy Joel was a fourth franchise of Madison Square Garden, I was like, if 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 he can do this, then surely Taylor Swift can do this. Where is she going to do it, though? Madison Square Garden. Nah, that's not she could. I think the only other person that could do a residency like that in that fashion, one a month, is Taylor Swift. And okay. I've been hoping for that to happen for years, but... Thank you to Billy Joel, his band, all the, the, the band members, all the special guests that I've seen, everyone that had something to do with the, the shows that I've gone to. So it's unfortunate, but thank you. It's awesome that I've once. been so many times. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for this week's episode of Marking Out. Filling up my cup with some more water because I have some more editing to do and get ready for lax, bro. Where are you, where are you filling up water from? So this morning when I was running my errands, I got a large unsweetened iced tea from Dunkin' Donuts. Um, and then I went to the bagel store and got a bagel and I got a giant Did you get a free barbecue. donut? No, why? I was it's, supposed to get a free It's free donut day. Really? Something. It's so National they, Donut Day, I believe. Um, I didn't get a receipt, so I can't say. Um, I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I got two donuts, though. But I was going to say, did you, did you get a donut? <laughs> it was only five bucks, so I'm assuming like I probably got one of them free. Um, I'm pretty sure if you bought a drink that, yeah, it says you get a... a Free beverage with a uh, not a free beverage, a free donut with when you purchase a beverage. Oh, cool! All right. So, um, yeah, no, I'm just filling up my uh, smart water into my uh, iced tea cup because the iced tea cup's empty. So, and on yeah, that... but why not just drink from the smart water bottle? Because I like the straw component here, and, it, and it's I don't know. Don't, don't question me. By the way, when I went to see the Little Mermaid, I went to the Limbrook Regal Theater. Okay. They now have paper straws. Those are that's, the worst. That sucks. I got everybody. There's that alternative, like plastic gimmick. It's the the agave straws. Everyone should have those. I've never had an agave. I don't even know what agave straw is. It's just a, a plastic. It seems like a plastic straw, but it's not because it's made of plants. Interesting. All right. I'll everybody should have those. I hate the fact. I mean, I understood it when Disney was doing it for Animal Kingdom, but now they're all over Disney World, and it's like you have to have a better. There has to be a better way. Yeah, you're putting toilet paper in your mouth at that point. Pal. Sounds awful. All right. On that note, don't put toilet paper in your mouth. Put agave in your mouth. 
Uh, and that was episode 643 of Marking Out. Thank you, everybody, else for listening. Uh, Facebook.com slash Marking Out. Twitter.com slash Marking Out. TikTok.com slash Marking Out. YouTube and Instagram.com slash Marking Out 11. Uh, merchandise is at ProWrestlingTees.com. You can email us, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com, and go to our website, MarkingOut.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Dog, Dave on Twitter at DavidPTDPT, and Brandon on all forts of social media at D- BTTG161. Until next week, we wish you the best, best of luck, luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Goodbye from Dubai.